previously on Martini John. Uh, <laughs> was it bulimic? Is that what you I'm bulimic. As you can tell, it hasn't it hasn't hit yet though. <laughs> apologies to anyone who's bleeding or a bully or a bullying operation <laughs> there's pluses and minuses to Plus, that there's pluses and minuses <laughs> to that exactly it's hit or miss <laughs> it's a hit or miss operation hey math fans that's a joke <laughs> welcome back martini giant fans this is episode number 88 which is the 1971 film silent running directed by douglas Trumbull, who recently passed away, and we are very sad about that. We actually did another episode by Douglas Trumbull called, with uh, our Brainstorm episode, and that was really cool. Um, I've had the pleasure to work with Doug, and I think he is a person that is unbelievably important to the visual effects industry and to the film industry. Like, he is one of the most important people in terms of visuals. I mean, 2001. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. These are visuals that he helped make that are so important uh, that we don't know how to deal without them. But as a director, he, he was definitely doing some very interesting things, things like Silent Running and things like uh, Brainstorm. Um, had some ideas that I think uh, were, were, were going to be very interesting. So I'm very, very happy that we were able to do this episode. Uh, uh, silent running was cool and interesting to talk about, uh, especially some of the uh, things that were going on there. So, um, yeah, very sad of Doug's passing, and we will miss him. Uh, but uh, his memory will live forever uh, in the pixels on the internet and on celluloid. So, thank you, Doug, for all of those amazing things. Um, couple of announcements as you guys know we are uh, we do all of our podcasts uh we actually broadcast them now on twitch so uh we would love to have you there as an audience uh actually our twitch audience has been growing quite a bit recently so we appreciate uh that and we would love to have you be part of it so just go to twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant and make sure and follow us there and if you do one up that you can actually, if you are a Prime subscriber, uh, you can actually uh, subscribe to us on Twitch, and that actually helps pay for our uh, pay for us. So we would love that as well. So that would be really cool. Doesn't cost you anything uh, if you're a pri- again if you're a Prime subscriber. It just uh, helps pay for our channel as well. Uh, so you have one a month, I believe, that you can do one of those Prime subscriptions. Or if you just want to subscribe to us anyway because you like us, we would appreciate that as well. Um, additionally, uh, we have started a Discord. I've mentioned that a couple of times, and we would love you to be part of our Discord. Just look up Martini Giant on Discord. Hopefully that shows up. Otherwise, follow us on Twitter. Martini uh, At Martini Giant is our Twitter. Uh, we should have a link on there uh, on our Twitter to check that out. But uh, yeah, join our Discord. Uh, great discussions. Uh, Martini Giant continues to happen, uh, you know, all hours of the day on our Discord, and we really appreciate all of the great people that are joining us there. Um, and if you are a subscriber to our Twitch, you get access to our specific uh, subscriber section where you can do uh, uh, episode suggestions and watch party suggestions. Speaking of watch parties, uh, on uh, this uh, Saturday, March 19th, 2022, we will be doing Chud, 
the Cambalistic Human Underground Dwellers is going to be our watch party, which is a perfect movie to do our watch party, which was suggested to us by one of the people on our Discord. So we appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, we're excited to do that. And that will be at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is GMT minus 8. So just add that to your calendar and adjust for your perfect time zone. Uh, and I also, uh, you know, just let us know. Uh, we'd love to have you there, and it'd be a lot of fun to do that. All right. But for now, please enjoy episode number 88, Silent Running. Lots of trees out in space. Yes, yes, yes. You guys know we're live, right? Oh, we're uh, yeah, well, I'll stop saying that's probably copyrighted. All right. Hello, everybody. <laughs> it's probably copyrighted. <laughs> but can't you just sing? I mean, I guess people just can't sing songs. Yeah, no, you yeah. have to be you have to be relatively careful. I don't know if Crystal Gale's gonna be or Joan Baez is gonna be coming after us for this. Joan, Joan I, Baez. I, I don't want now that we've said it out loud. We nice. Don't want to keep on going. Hello, everybody. Uh, Hi. And I want to welcome a new a new Soren Rags. Soren Rags. Soren Rags. Soren Rags. Hey, nice to see welcome. Soren Rags. Welcome to Martini Giant. We talk about movies and sing. We sing about movies. Yeah, <laughs> we sing about movies. Hey, how's everyone doing this week? Doing okay. Uh, Thanks for yeah. asking. Right on, right on. Um, I'm exhausted. <laughs> Chris, stop complaining. It's not all about you, okay? <laughs> yes. yes. All right. Let's see. Hey, okay. get that mic closer to you, Eric, so it's not so. Echoing. How about this? Oh, much better. Oh. There we go. So I've, I've but, learned to you, don't lean to so it. Get the mic closer to you. Else. Get the mic closer to you. Don't lean into it because then. You, you That's just right. How's that? How's this? There you, go. there you go. Better. How is this? How are the values? Get a value check. Robust. That's robust. Robust. Ro robust. Yep. How about this, Chris? Is this good right now? That's a little loud. How about now? Robust. No. Now Coffee. it's too, Coffee. too quiet. Mr. Coffee. Mr. Coffee. Mr. Sibilance. Coffee. Sibilance. Uh, all right. You, week was week was busy. Yep. Was very busy. Um, but I am actually um, going to take next week off because nice. I have, I've accrued too much PTO. So um, I am going to uh, work on some personal projects and uh, I may go to Palm Springs actually at the end of the week. Oh, that's lovely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I figured, right? I've never intentionally been to Palm Springs. I like it. Paris, nice. What, why, why do you mean not intentionally? Like, I think I've driven through it a couple of times, but I've never like gotten out of the car to do anything there. Oh, uh, if you go in, like in downtown kind of talk, I mean, it, it is like a modernist wet dream, really. Yeah. It's quite, yeah, it's big. It's a big deal. Yeah. You're it's a modernist. Big. You like modernism. I love modernism. You love brutalism. I do like brutalism in some cases too. Yes. Yep. Oh. Depends on the brutalist style, right? Mm. But there's certain certain things that are uh, certain kinds of brutalism that I think is kind of interesting. 
I mean, Corbusier was a little bit of a brutalist, right? That's what they say. Um, Corbusier. I thought that was the Corb, but I'm mixing it up, I think, with Corbusier. Corbusier was a brutalist. What's that? John Heidegger? That's from? Who? I thought I asked for Cavazier. It's okay. It's from. okay. That's from Broadway Danny Rose. Oh, oh right. Nia Farrow orders one. She's like, I ordered a It's okay. It's your tense. It's okay. You're tense. I ordered a Cavazier. I'm wearing my, my Martini Giant shirt today. Look at that. Uh, you are wearing a Martini Giant shirt. Let me see. Oh, how did they turn out? I like this one. This is great. It's great. It's and uh, I've, I've worn it. Yeah, I've actually had this for a while now. So it's gotten that worn quality, which I enjoy. Yeah. So you don't want like the the perfect, you know, just freshly printed tea. You want the relaxed, been through the wash a few times tea. Yep. And this looks, uh, this looks pretty good. I'm pretty happy. I am, I am actually, I, go, I ordered one of the new ones, Eric. So it should be here. And I ordered a mug too. I might be getting one of them damn tote bags. That's why. The I think. tote bag. You want a tote bag? Yeah. I got a lot of stuff out of the tote. This is channel 13 on it. And it's a beautiful one. It's a beautiful channel one. Channel 13. That's right. Remember PBS, that? eat your heart out. <laughs> Martini Giant's going to dominate the tote bag industry. That's right. Classic tote bag. That's right. Okay, channel that's... 13. Yep. Channel 13. We should do a pledge drive. We should oh, do yeah, a pledge that's, drive. That's <laughs> Just do best. a pledge drive. <laughs> what if we did it and we did it like, you know, where we have acts come out and do stuff and like, like Vegasy type stuff, like that. What's his name? Used to do the place telethon. looks wonderful Jerry from Lewis. here, and you folks Jerry, look wonderful from I here. I know that. Jesus, <laughs> yeah. this guy yeah, the telethons. <laughs> but that, that Jerry, okay, but yes, that would be. I feel like sometimes for the, over our three hours that we kind of feel like we're doing that a little bit. But yeah. what do you know? <laughs> exactly. So, those of you who are joining for the first time, this is the time of the show where we chit chat and wait for people to show up. Like, what did we well, call it? The, the 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 prelude. The green room. No, no, not the green room. The it, the, room. The, in the movie theaters, like in the the the, the, uh, the lobby. Oh, no, when they play Preamble. the music, play the music before the show starts. The overture. The overture. Thank you. Yeah, this is the overture section. This is what you usually fast forward through on the double deck uh, VCR tips. Right. I'm like ah, da, 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 da. okay, Lawrence of Arabia. There we go. <laughs> There you yeah, go. I remember listening to the overture part of 2001 and th thinking that my TV was broken because it was black screen. <laughs> oh, yes. Before we got before we got fancy, and now we appreciate black screen. Yes. True. I I actually do watch all the way through the uh, the, the overture uh, and over in the overture and all that. Whenever that comes up, I let it, I let it roll out. It's the, mm -hmm. that is the go to get a sandwich music, and I really appreciate when movies have that. Do you actually go and get a sandwich when that music comes up, or do you just sit there and watch it? Whenever people don't see me on screen, I am going to get a sandwich. Okay, that, that's my <laughs> that's that's the general truth, Dan. <laughs> what is your favorite sandwich? My favorite sandwich in the world is a very specific sandwich. It is yes. the uh, it is a um, um, uh, at uh, at Langer's. You can get uh, yep. a corned beef sandwich at Langer's uh, in downtown. That yep. is the best sandwich the world has ever seen yeah. it is unbelievable unbelievable and you can get on they have, they have curbside service too you can just stand there and get it it's a it's in a it's in a it's a slightly you know uh, violent at night area but, My old, uh, semi old neighborhood i was just yeah. down the street from that 
I still think that the the Godmother from Bay City is pretty. Freaking yeah, good. the best one was my old neighborhood in Larchmont, and it was a wine and cheese shop, and they just had a salami with uh, prosciutto. I mean, oh, yeah. it's prosciutto oh, yeah. with and with just a little bit of olive oil. It's very famous. It's oh, so that's good. fantastic. Yeah, I, mean, I love simpler the sandwich, the better the sandwich. I think. You don't want to get I, Prosciutto yeah. with some mozzarella cheese and some tomatoes and some olive oil. Pretty mm. freaking good to me. Now, do you get the prosciutto or do you get the prosciutto? Prosciutto. Because that, I, mean, I think there's a difference. It's probably a difference. I don't know. Is there? Yeah. But in any case, uh, yeah, get the uh, corned beef or you get the, uh, what do you call it? What's the, uh, what's the classic sandwich? The uh, Reuben. Get a Reuben. Langer's. The Reuben Kincaid is pretty mm-hmm. good, too. Well, mm-hmm. Now, I also like, uh, what's the famous one from Hollywood? Uh, it's open 24 hours. That's, uh, no, that's, that's I know that's, that that's uh, right on um, Fairfax. Fairfax. Yeah. Uh, and uh, can, can, can Jesus, I but Jesus is on. He'll tell us. He'll tell us. Jesus picks up where my brain leaves off. Yes. Um, yeah, that's that that place is also great. The, the best part about it is it's 24 hours in this. Or at least is it Cantor's? Cantor's, yes. yeah, that's, that's it. what it is. Okay, and so Cantor's is Cantor's is great. Cantor's, the best thing at Cantor's are the pickles, the, the little plate of yeah. serving pickles Ugh. they give you. Oh, they're great. Peppery, you don't like pickles? I'll take your pickles. I'll, I'll take, take you like dill pickles. pickles or like, yeah, dill pickles, right? Yeah, it's yeah, not pickle pickles, pickles. Right? No, not sweet. No, don't you want you don't want I'm one of the only people that actually likes those butter, butter crunch, or whatever it is, like the sweet pickles. But really? I don't recommend I don't recommend I don't recommend the last pickles. Yeah, the black. Yeah, that's like sweet pickles are weird. I like them, but I don't. I don't buy them for guests. <laughs> Who is it? Someone was telling me that that so, that there was a guy and and his dad would just drink straight pickle juice. Oh yeah, like just kind of, yeah, just drink. Have you ever had thing. a um? Ever had a pickleback? No. Sounds like I'm saying it for a joke, but it's a real thing. A pickleback is when you take um a uh, whiskey. Uh, drink it really a shot of whiskey, drink it real fast, and then a shot of pickle juice after it. All right, it's actually very good, it sure. produces a very bizarre flavor, uh, but not as disgusting as you might imagine it is. Oh my god, it sounds horrible! It is a good sounds, shot, it does sound horrible. It's a strange shot, but it's but it's well worth it. I don't Oof. do any, I don't do shots anymore, but I do reminisce about the pickleback. Okay, all right, uh, okay, sh- that's right, you gave up. Yep. Gave up. I stopped okay. too. Did you? Yeah. That's nice. No, I'm just trying to lose weight. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's mainly at this point mainly it's a, a, a Hey guys, you know our show is called Martini Giant for guys. It is true. I mean, I'm not guys afraid of my roots. Letting me That's down. Okay. Right. <laughs> I I'm 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 happy fine. to have a drink every now and again now. It's fine. It's perfectly perfectly healthy and fine, but uh mostly I've dialed it back but compared to my my old stride. I've dealt with that. Oh my god! Ninety nine point nine percent. I used to drink way too much. Yeah, it was uh, okay. If you uh, sat down, if you sat down, could you drink almost two bottles of wine? I have I, probably done something close to that. I've probably yeah. done that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I could do it. I could do it in a whiz bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I mean, it's very easy for me and my buddy to drink a whole bottle, bottle of whiskey in one in one night. Easy, yeah, it's crazy. That, that has yeah. happened. That has happened for sure. I know when I was working on, I was uh, working on a, a short documentary with uh, our friend Mark Pereira. We were mm-hmm. um, uh, quite the aficionados of testing the limits of um, beverage <laughs> enjoyment. <laughs> yeah, movie turned out great. 
<laughs> okay, a couple things I want to let people know about. Welcome, everyone. Hopefully, you guys are all here. Excited to have you. Uh, uh, a couple things I want to let you guys know is we've just started uh, our Discord, believe it or not. So we have a Discord. Are you guys excited? I'd love for you guys. That is that's incredible chris tell us more okay so if you'd like to be part of our discord i am going to go ahead and send you an invite in the stream right now and you guys can uh go ahead and grab it and we'd love to have you be part of it uh and let people know about it and you can hold on a second why am i doing it here placing it here um also if you are a subscriber to uh, Martini Giant, meaning a Twitch subscriber to Martini Giant, you should be able, we will be able to give you uh, access to the subscribers only section, which uh, we all, we have in our Discord as well. So love to have you there. Uh, excited to start a Discord. We figured why not get with the times? I thought it was kind of funny that the three of us have started a Discord and stream on Twitch. <laughs> And we're all over 50. That's right. We're a bunch of old. <laughs> However, I Is feel... it bother you being old? Huh? Does it bother you being old? No. Oh, we ain't old yet. I'm only 50. I'm only 50, yeah. No, old's coming. It's just coming a little sooner than it used to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I actually feel quite comfortable with Discord because Discord has the uh, user interface of a 1997 Word product. It does. <laughs> It absolutely does. <laughs> I'm not sure how this got to be the most popular platform in the world, but it is uh, stunningly overcomplicated. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, yeah. It is actually. Why is that? What is the? I don't know. Why, why is Discord so overcomplicated? It's. Yeah. I mean, like it's. It. This is like I'm looking at a. Uh, it is, this is honestly like a, I'm looking at like an Excel spreadsheet uh, for uh, video game production in circa circa late circa late nineties. It's really wild. But welcome back. Uh, complication i've i've missed you <laughs> yeah, we can now we can talk to people more even more directly and it was right. very exciting and we get to share videos and memes and things like this i hear the kids love the memes so what's mean <laughs> what's a meme <laughs> all right uh we are going to cover today uh the movie silent running silent. uh the, directed by douglas trumbull uh douglas trumbull uh, uh passed away unfortunately was it last week i think it was yes. last week yeah an absolute legend possibly the legend uh figure in vfx yeah although he didn't do anything in cg he did not he actually sort of like he he uh, separated himself from cg pretty strongly nice. he did yeah why do you think he did that uh i think that his reasoning is actually uh, like, I think there's a little bit blanket statement about it, but his reasoning was, you know, real things look more real. Um, and uh, which is true. If you shoot it right, it's true. Um, well, yes and, and no. Well, yeah, like it's the man. Like I'm the, saying in terms of his attitude about it, because yeah. he and I worked on something. And so he did he did have a certain amount of respect for CG. Sure. He, he thought it was useful. Right. right. But he didn't think it was of itself better than anything else. Like it was just another tool. And sure. I think that he seemed like he was very frustrated with its constant use in the wrong way. Like, right. it, like it was, it was being used constantly very poorly and that didn't help anybody. 
Right. And, um, and whereas you mean like too much of it. Well, it's not too much. I mean, like there's some, there's some stuff that we talked about it before, but it's like, there's some stuff in CG that is absolutely, completely overwhelmingly beautiful and believable and everyone loves it. And they don't even know that it's CG. This happens all the time. You know, people like we, we say like people bitch about bad CG and like, Oh, CG ruins everything. And it's because they don't know more than 75% of the stuff you see that's CG, you have no so idea stuff, that it's CG. Like stuff in the Fast and Furious franchise. That yeah, it's like CG. the big, it's the video gaming the bad stuff. looking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The the video gaming bad looking stuff is what he was against. And there was a lot of it. Uh, and and uh, I'm also against this. So yeah. yeah. I always tell people, so you don't, you don't dislike CG. You just like bad CG. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, and this guy was the is you know uh, you may know his work from movies like say for instance, two thousand one A Space Odyssey, mm -hmm. Close Encounters, Blade Runner. Yeah, you know, like the guy was a legit, complete genius at this. Yeah, uh, at this he point. he defined a, a look and a standard of of quality and visual effects, and special effects that are, people had still aspire to you know yeah. to, to this day oh and he, and he was a real artist with them he wasn't just like mm -hmm. trying to make like when i say like make, making things look real that's kind of a disservice because what he really was doing was Push like the story visually yeah it's just like this has to be as much a beautiful bit of art as anything else that's on screen mm -hmm. uh and uh if we want to do it right we have to use you know real lights and real things and uh and really uh, you know, revert to like old-fashioned trickery to make this stuff happen, and uh, so like you see, like like Close Encounters looks, you know, spectacular, uh, even when the mat lines are bad, because like it's just all this alien spaceships are just this explosion of real lens flares and light in your eyeballs all the time, and it's artistically overwhelming. It's really beautiful, right? Right, uh, and he also um, he. Uh, well, he's, I spoke to him uh, several times as, as how I, lucky as I were you to do that? I know I was it was just he's a really, a really interesting person. He knows more about cameras and how cameras work than sure, anyone. Yeah. I've met. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and projections. Yeah. Yeah, sure. and, so that was and, the stuff for pardon me, the stuff that when you hear about Kubrick designing lenses for 2001, it was pretty much him that was pushing that that. Well, well I'm, I'm sure they work together. together together extremely well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I the, I, yeah. They they they, they, they had a vision of how it was going to work, and right. and I think there was a reason Kubrick worked with him. Yeah, <laughs> because I mean, they that, got it. <laughs> I think that it's like, and not to speak ill of the dead, I think that they like 2001 has a particular artistry to it that is Kubrick's, like the framing design and all the stuff is just you know it's extremely. I mean, like every single shot is perfectly designed. Uh, right. whether it's an effect or not. And I think that Tr Trumbull did a lot of his very best work with him and with Ridley Scott because those guys are real committed visualists. And um, and so they would work together, especially Kubrick, who knew like you know, cameras and lenses better than most other directors. Uh, like they designed some of the most compelling tricks that I've ever seen. Yeah. So you talk about something like, you know, Back when, you know, the turn of the century and in the 20s and 30s, film, you went there to be dazzled by the visuals, mm -hmm. right? You had to be a visualist mm -hmm. in a way to do that. And, you know, those directors that really stand out are the ones that really merge the, the dialogue and the narrative with a visual. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some directors who just 
have no visual style and their movies are flat because you still have to have that trickery. Yeah. Well, I mean, this, this is what I like, you know, uh, complain about all the time. It's like most, this is now true with movies. It used to be just true with TV, but it's true with movies now too. It's like, you know, when you're only using the camera as a recording device, then you're not uh, really making a movie anymore. Like you could just be putting this on the radio. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and I think that uh, most, you know, uh, most, most things that are made, uh, uh, for like it's like in in an in, in actual truth like there are better looking things more consistently on streaming now than there are in movie theaters movie theaters most movies now look like tv and uh like like you know uh meaning like broadcast tv like ncis kind of stuff and yeah. like it's the laziest stuff in the world because you're not telling like you're only using one channel of information you're just like okay people are talking cameras on that's fine whereas like 2001 is like whole stretches with no dialogue or like half an hour goes by with no dialogue even when the people show up after the apes yeah and uh and you're still like completely riveted um because it's all visual storytelling and like he's his like his ability to make these like insanely compelling uh frames and images because he also worked on like tree of life he did a lot of the, the natural stuff in tree of life Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, you know, it's all these, um, I th- he called them um, organic effects mm-hmm. uh, and using like smoke and oil and all this stuff and shooting at a, like a thousand frames a second and getting this just absolutely radical looking imagery um, because what you're looking at is what you're paying for, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did, he did, yeah, he did really good with practical effects and high frame rate, I- high frame rate. He loves high frame rate. That was his <laughs> bag, man, for sure. That was his bag. High frame rate. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, there were some beautiful shots uh, in this movie. Oh yes, yeah. really, really lovely stuff. It's a, it's a really low budget movie, but it's a. It, oh yeah. He gets all he milks a lot out of it. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Those the microscope stuff shots yeah, were great. Did, incredible. Did he, like I don't know. Did he? I don't know if he invented that stuff, but it was definitely around that era when like he had those very very tiny cameras. They were able to sort of sneak through weird little like the periscope. That, yeah, what are well, the periscope camera? Yeah, exactly. But he did that with the the opening shot, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, that may have been the first time that was used. I'm not. I'd have to check that. But like, it's really, it's really uh, weird looking. Even today, you're just like, what the hell? Are you even fucking film this? <laughs> like it's, I, we, yeah. did a, we did a we did a we did a a miniature shoot where they used a periscope camera, and oh my god, what a nightmare! Oh, I'm sure. Can you imagine? Oh, uh, well, the the aberration on it was fucked up like, oh, sure. like seriously yeah. fucked up well i mean would you say that uh that, that this is I mean, maybe this is a little bit deeper on trumbull that it's like would you would you say that he was a man that favored difficulty <laughs> like he seemed to favored be difficulty he it seemed to be he, like he was attracted to making things like achieving things that were hard uh he, oh he, he i wouldn't say difficulty he would a challenge yeah yeah, yeah. challenge he liked like, being challenged. See, like I would, like I was watching this movie, right? And we can talk about what the plot of the movie is, but I want to sort of set, I want to put this ball in the air. I was like, this movie is about Doug Trumbull. Hmm. Like, I was like, this movie is about an absolutely dedicated, extremely passionate, totally frustrated maniac. <laughs> like, yeah he's got a vision where you're going he has yeah. an absolute vision as to how the world should be and he's dumbstruck 
that the that people see it in any other way yeah and uh and he's gonna have his way and i'm yeah. like if you compare that to our former podcast on trumbull and i mean mm -hmm. no disrespect to the guy at all i'm just saying his mindset is like our former podcast on trouble when we we're talking about brainstorm is like the travails of making brainstorm were just fucking outlandish right and but you had a death in the middle of that too oh it's yeah it's insane and like but the amount that like like he wanted to make a very particular movie and the studio did not want him to do that and he did everything within his power to make the movie the way he wanted it to be made and right. nothing was going to stop him and so when i was watching silent running i was like i see why he is compelled by this character and i think that's why this what, what's fascinating about this movie to me is like any of this movie okay that to generally sum up this is a very ecological uh pro nature sci-fi film right and uh normally when you make one of these things it, it takes a very sort of like soft leftist point of view of like you know the nature is wonderful and we can all live in peace together on the earth and instead he's like i'm gonna fucking kill everybody who doesn't see it my way and i'm insane <laughs> i'm like this is much more interesting <laughs> this makes for a great movie it is a little bit more he's aggressive an echo terrorist he's an echo terrorist and then kind of an echo terrorist yeah. a little bit or uh green pc he's very he's very he's heavy he's like the music too it's unbelievable yeah, yeah. i mean like Greenpeace looks at that movie is like that is a bit far <laughs> 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 but i think uh it is it is very much in line with uh, how he represented himself in terms of like you know you don't actually murder the people <laughs> yeah we'll, I mean, we'll bomb french boats and stuff but not when the french are on them yeah the uh but like it's you know trumbull trumbull's trouble with the studios and he fucking hated the studios like profoundly uh yeah it seems, it seems very related to this and then eric when you brought up that this script was also written by chimino uh i was just like oh man <laughs> this all makes sense now <laughs> and steven bochco and steven bochco that's right it's crazy. well i highly recommend you guys listen to uh uh cg garage episode i did with him which is episode number 284 uh because he doesn't necessarily specifically say you know the studios really fucked me but they did they, did. they really did they did and there were some sleazy guys in the studio system at that point, mm -hmm. like literally just, you know, money laundering kind of freakiness. And oh, yeah. He was caught up in the middle because he was supposed to be doing leading this major R&D work uh, in terms of camera systems and projection systems. And he was sort of like he had it all set up and they're like, yep. And they just pulled a rug out from under him. And what was the name stuff. of the thing he was working on? Was the I forgot the one. It was something he was doing at Paramount specifically. And I forgot what that was called. Someone can look it up. But he did later, he sort of came up with the Maji system, which is what I was working with him on. Uh, well, I wasn't doing anything specifically for the Maji system, but he uh, he wanted to create some more content to show off what the, the Maji um, uh, uh, Maji system could do. And what that was, the specs on that was to be 120 frames a second stereo 4k ah, that's insanity Back okay to, that's a, like, okay so it's literally 40 times more data yeah. than an hd 24 frames a second right thing right 
So 40 times more data. And so the reason, and, and, and he's like, I said, why would you need 120 frames? Cause I said, we look, I said, we went through the 40 frame thing with, you know, Peter Jackson. He goes, and he goes, that's bullshit. You know, not bullshit, but he's like, that's going to look like crap. Right. Because with yeah, looks, 48 frames or whatever it was, yeah, because it makes because, it look like a soap opera. Yes. And I was like, that's the effect that everyone keeps talking about. But he's, and I said, well, what about motion smoothing, which is, you know, the stuff that we all hit on our TV because and he goes, well, that's artificial. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> it's real. not real. It's just, it's, it looks blah because it's all smushed together by some algorithm. Yeah. So his point is, listen, your TV and most TVs out there and most projectors out there, they're all, uh, 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 their native uh, uh, refresh is 120 hertz, right? right? Or 240 hertz, but mostly 120 hertz, right? And so in order for that to happen, basically your your TV is playing the same frame five times and then going to the five times. And he goes, why not give it unique data for every refresh rate? Right. And so uh, when you usually, what you usually do for stereo is you do you have it flip every six you know well one frame left one frame right one frame left and you polarize it based on that data um and uh therefore you basically make this whole system so what he did is he for our stereo we would do left eye is at one time right eye is 120th of a second later and then and so we would we would basically stagger them the the stereo so it'd be completely smooth. And so, and at 4K, and it looked amazing. Honestly speaking, I got to say, I'm not a huge, I don't like high frame rate. I don't like motion smoothing, but this was like something I had it's never seen. Right. I had never seen anything like that. And, no. I'm, and, and is, is it a look, I mean, it's, it doesn't look like 24 frames a second. I will right. tell you that, right? right? But it did look like you're looking through a window. Right. Well, this is this is what I, like what I have. What I, I may be wrong with this. This is what I understand, is that there is an actual uh, uh, your brain interprets things differently at different frame rates, right? Yeah. And so at twenty four frame, the reason why twenty four frames a second is so uh, affecting to us is because our brain is doing an enormous amount of tweening itself. Yes. Um, and so we are mentally involved with the creation of the image. And in, in order to do that, we're using a lot of essentially our, the, the same structures that dream are activated by that process. You know, what you're actually seeing is like a, a snap show. It's like tack, 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 tack. But your brain's like filling in all between that stuff. And right. that's why movies have a, have like automatically have that kind of sort of hallucinatory involvement. Uh, that breaks once you cross 30 frames a second, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Brain no longer has to do that. And you're just sort of looking at sort of like a shitty image uh, that's not quite smooth enough to be real, but it's not not engaging enough to really get you on board. And that's why you know, like the soap opera effect is the soap opera effect. Um, but uh, above 120 frames a second, like your brain just goes, that's real. 
That's well, the, 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 he did a lot of tricks. So he did this short film, which was uh, called Ufotog, uh, which was about uh, finding extraterrestrial life or whatever. That is a really was... catchy title. I'm... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it rolls right off the tongue. But he, uh, <laughs> in it, in it, he was, he was, he filmed at 120 frames. He filmed at those specs, right? Mm -hmm. And he had these people walking to him. So I'm in this screening room, I'm watching this, and these people walk in the room. And I, I, I swear to God, and I'm not joking about this because I don't, you know, you guys know I'm not necessarily a big stereo movie fan or anything mm. of that nature, but it literally felt like I was looking into a window, of, yeah, like a right. like a stage, right. like it was like, okay, really? yeah. This one, this one, I've never, I've never seen anything higher than 60 myself, so I don't know. But that's what everyone who's seen have seen 120 tells me the same thing. Even yeah, if they so, hate the idea of it, they go in and they're convinced. But he does this trick, which was interesting because there's these guys and they walk into the room and you see them and they turn on a TV in the room mm -hmm. and a TV is playing at 30 or whatever. Yeah, and it looks weird. No, it looks like a TV it in a room. Like a it, makes, it, makes, <laughs> it looks like a TV. It, it looks exactly right. like a TV. Right. Well, and so yeah. it's it was strange because it made the other stuff look even more real because right. that, okay, well, that's what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, this it, is it was, 30 frames a second is what I'm used to saying. Yeah, your your brain was like, uh, oh, yep. Yep, it was, it is. Yep. <laughs> so, so yeah. So anyway, we had to render a uh, uh, construct, uh, not not the whole 12 minutes of it, but I think we did a, like a several couple minutes of it or whatever at that frame rate. And his argument was like, well, you know, you'll save some time because you don't have to do so much motion blur because the, the sh shutter angle is, you know, still so right. small or whatever. Um, but it, it still it still was a lot of rendering. Right. Well, it's your <laughs> Trust me. rendering the, the eight times the amount. It's like eight eight times longer. <laughs> yeah, forty times more Four, data. I'm sorry. Yeah, forty times more data. Forty times more data. So yeah, so yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of. Um, it's a lot of rendering <laughs> but yeah like because i'm not like as far as like i there are many 3d movies that i uh, i absolutely love uh, like i think mm -hmm. that 3d is a is a totally viable uh different kind of art form it's just almost always it's shitty uh and so when i when you see it done really really beautifully it's look shitty rare. or uh, it just is shitty it's just not story. good art it's just yeah. not good art you know and so like and and in that you have to wear all this fucking headgear and all this other stuff like that interrupts your immersion in it and so if it's if it's both bad and you have to wear a helmet like this is dumb you know but uh, but at some point we're crossing over into this territory where we don't have to wear the headgear and we can see things at say 120 frames a second that's when you're going to see stuff actually be beautiful again like we're in this terrible it's like watching the hobbit but you know, whatever it was, 48 frames. I was just like, this is this this is just real enough to make me think that it's totally fake. Yeah, it's just it's like I don't, yeah, and I don't. I do not like watching movie wearing sunglasses. That's yeah. kind of me. I think this I think it's just you're right. Like I think this is actually people's big complaint with 3D is like because it's not passive, like it requires something of you that's irritating. And so if you get a shitty movie on top of having to wear sunglasses in the dark, why why like it? <laughs> like it doesn't make a lot of sense also it doesn't and yeah exactly it's too anybody, expensive they've mostly yeah. done badly i mean yeah yeah but like there are good there's exceptional 3d films there's just only a few of them uh yeah I, and i've watched a lot of them and the ones that are 
good is when they try not to shove the 3D down your face. And then yes. when they've done that, and then have some taste. Have some and then taste. I watch them, I watch them without this uh, in, in regular 2D and they look exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, we go that far. But yeah, like it is, it is like you want to have like there's a there is something you can do artistically with that space as long as you treat it artistically. Like right. if you're just if you're just doing it like house of wax and you're jamming the jamming your finger in the fucking eyeball, like right. then you're not making a movie. Like you're just doing a stunt. And uh because like the two complaints that people have about 3D is like it was just in your face all the time was ridiculous, or I didn't even see anything. What, what, what was I wearing? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. We did that we had the same problem. Like the key people kept knocking on Tron for not being stereo enough, like not being really no, it's like yeah. and, and Tron in stereo was actually very beautiful. It was beautiful. Like I was just like, that's, but then that's we didn't how to shoot do it. enough depth. But it's like, no, no we, just want we were just very a little tiny bit. And we also, like most of our depth was deep, not mm -hmm. towards the camera. Yeah, and, let it be a stage. Let the it be a people window, in, right. Yeah, the people in the academy, like when we did the the, the bake-off, they were like, why why do you have so little stereo? Like th th that was their biggest complaint is like stereo. Like I, I don't want to be distracted by a thing. <laughs> like I just want to be part of the experience. Yeah. Like you don't want to be like, it's, you know, it's like when they, it's like the first few color movies you see, you know, when, when color becomes a thing in the fifties, like it becomes, it's like color porn. They're just oh, like, it's a, <laughs> exactly. It's just like, Jesus so Christ. Awesome. <laughs> totally, yeah, um, you know. I'll send you guys stills right now. N Niagara. I love that film. And it's totally oversaturated, but it's like yeah, there's dumping paint in your eyeballs, you know. And it's and it's fun in its own way, but it's like there's no subtlety at all, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know. And uh, and dialing it back isn't going to really help for for 3D technology and for HFR. It's like this is none of acceptance is not going to happen until there is absolutely nothing in between me and the experience. And if you're asking me to do anything or wear anything or hop around one foot, you know, like that's not that's not going to work. It's never worth it. Yeah. Well, uh, it was very interesting uh, to talk to Doug about cameras um, because it, he can talk. And the thing is, you know, this was this was only a couple of years ago that I did that podcast with him, right? So um, he he was still really, really, really sharp and really knew his stuff, sure. uh, which was uh, great, great to do that. Um, so I really appreciated. All of that he had he did have a challenge in life you know uh in terms of what he was trying to do he i think he could have been really really great but then he just like screw it i don't want to deal with this crap anymore right really he just gave mm -hmm. up on the people i think he gave up on hollywood yeah yeah it's uh, clear i mean he, he doesn't even interact with them past like 1983 right you know how did he make his money well he did like hot you know, rides and stuff like that you know he did a bunch of ride stuff yeah, yeah. Yeah, Berkshire uh, um, Films was all about ride films. Mm -hmm. He did a bunch of that, and he, uh, he had his he had his he had his studio out in in Massachusetts. Yeah, so um, I think he was he was okay with that, but I do think he felt uh, I think he felt like he got screwed a little bit. And the other thing that was interesting is that what's his name? Who's the guy who did the? Uh, oh crap! Um, uh, Life of Pi guy director. Oh yeah. Um... Ang Lee. Ang Lee. No, Ang Lee. Yep. Ang Lee. Uh, he did. He did. Uh, yes, I was thinking of something pie. I was just thinking of pie. Life yeah. of pie. That'd be a great crossover. <laughs> like a life of pie. Uh, uh, he did. Uh, he went to visit Doug, and, to, and and then I guess he 
he quote unquote uh, used the technology that they were doing for Maji to do the what's the one that he did with Will Smith and Young Will Smith that one? Oh, uh, Gemini Man. Gemini Man. I yep. believe they try to use that that for Gemini Man. Yep. And it was he said they didn't do it right, and I was like, yeah, well. Yeah, it's interesting because I, uh, I, I haven't seen, I, I saw Gemini Man. Like, I've only seen Gemini Man. Jesus <laughs> is like, Angley can suck a dick. <laughs> yeah, like, I agree. I think that I, uh, think I have a little bit of a problem after Life of Pi on how yeah, that, was, that went down. And also, I have a problem garbage. with the VS. <laughs> I have the problem with the VS who awarded Angley an award uh, and uh, should have taken it back. Yep. for uh, his uh after the bs he did on life of pi yeah because that, that was that was damaging i don't yeah. know if that's why you can say that i don't know if that's why you're saying that his who's but that's why i'm saying that. yeah yeah <laughs> plus plus he was yeah, like, pretty yeah. rude about the whole thing oh yeah, well, he, he did doesn't, yeah he didn't he doesn't think he doesn't think of the people that work on the production side of the lower end production people it just don't mean a thing to him at all. They're interchangeable. What are you talking about? He he thanked the catering crew before he kind yeah. of thanked the visual and effects. Vi visual, visual effects are the lowest of the low. It's like, yeah, it's like the guy that brings the Twizzlers bottle to Crafty, you know, the dude that sweeps up the the lot after the trucks leave and then VFX. Like this is the, you know, like that's that's where he's at, um, which is too bad because he's an, he's an incredible filmmaker and he's done unbelievably good movies. And so, and he doesn't seem like a bad guy in terms of, when you see him being interviewed, seems like a perfectly nice guy and an artist and all this stuff. But for some reason, the way that he has interacted with visual effects is aggressive and nonsensical. And mm. uh, and he doesn't seem to understand that, that there are people behind it as opposed to just computers that are randomly generating content for him. So it's 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 embarrassing and you know he should be ashamed of himself. But you know does he does make some interesting movies and even Gemini Man, which is sort of a slow plotting movie, is sort of like a, a weirdly interesting slow plotting movie. And I also like uh, I haven't seen all of it, but he did Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, I think it's called, and it was very uh, barely released at all. But that was an HFR movie and it was all set in um, Iraq, right? Or, or it's a flashbacks to yeah, yeah. violence in Iraq. And I've seen the HFR sequence, uh, at least at 60 frames a second, not at uh, the full 120. And it is really compelling. Like, it's bizarrely compelling um, mm -hmm. to see an action scene done like this. And I was like, it, this is like nothing I've ever seen. I don't know if it's any good. I'm just like, this is, I can see why he's fascinated by it. Yeah, you told me about that movie. Yeah. yeah. He shot it at what, 120? He shot it at 120. I think he shot it at 120 stereo. Yeah. And you can, so. and so you can watch it on uh, YouTube. You can watch the 60 frames flat. And even at that rate, just the idea that this is a, it's shot like a regular Hollywood movie, but it's, but it has the flavor of real footage of that you'd see from the Middle East in a Middle East combat situation. And, right. uh, and so it's a very unnerving, bizarre. It's more stressful. Experience. Yeah, it's definitely it's, more stressful. It's very, it's very effective. It's very, very effective. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, for anyone who doesn't know in the audience, uh, you know, he basically, you know, for Life of Pi, he treated the VFX artists very poorly and an entire company went out of business working on his film. Yeah. And in fact, he just shit, said so. during his Oscar speech, he <laughs> said, during his Oscar speech, he said, I wish visual effects cost less. And meanwhile, the company that did most went, of the went out of business because of went out movie. of business yeah. because of him so it's like i don't know uh, the guy i don't mean to i'm not gonna make a judgment on him personally i'm just saying that was not a very 
I sent no, a letter to the VS saying that they should uh, renounce his award because they gave him an award that year. Right. And they were like, uh, yeah. And then I said, well, that's fine. Uh, what am I getting out of the VS? Nothing. Okay. Yeah, so I left just... actually the VS the same that year. Yeah, same. So I did I. I was so disgusted that they allowed that to happen. And it's like, they'll never protect us. Well, the right. thing that pissed me off about the VES, right, is they, I kept getting this fucking speech from from uh, the, the head. I think it was Eric Robb, actually. And he kept saying, uh, he it was saying, it's like, Eric Robb, you know, the writer? No, no. Well, I forgot, I forgot his name. Well, maybe, I, I don't know. Anyway, he he was kept saying, it was like, doing his stupid, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> trying to be Kennedy saying, ask not what the VS can do for you, but ask what you can do for the VS. And I said, I said, okay. And he goes, well, I have an idea of what I'd like the VS to do. And I'd like it to do this and help the this. And, and he goes, we can't do that. And I was like, then what the fuck can you do? Yeah. Send out screeners? Yeah, What's the yeah. point? Yeah. You have a big party and you send out screeners. <laughs> right. 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 And then they had to like, no, we have educational things. I was like, no, they don't. what educational things? Right. Like they don't do anything. Well, this is the thing. So, in like when Lee said, you know, um, as uh, his points out here, like I just wish that the VFX cost less. Like I'm willing to believe that he didn't mean it to be cruel. Uh, in the same way that, like, you know, uh, you know, uh, what's her face didn't, didn't mean let them eat cake to be cruel. Like she just didn't know they didn't have any fucking. Oh, cake. he's just <laughs> like there's something. What they that just shows his ignorance. He didn't want to bother to know. He's just, he's, he's just, just so totally he's so far out of the loop that it's it right. was shocking. It was like it was just like it's ignorance that you just it's hard to excuse. You just like read the room, guys. Like what the fuck? And the problem and what really so it wasn't even so much. I, like he didn't offend me so much, which I was just like, that's embarrassing. That's an embarrassing thing to, thing to say. But what really offended me was the group that he was talking to, which is the entire fucking academy, which was in that room, like was laughing and playing into all the, the ha, 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 yeah, those fucking nerds. Like they're the ones who are the, the assholes. Like they know most of these people yeah. are producers. They know exactly where the money is going. It's going to them. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Like and, and for and you have people protesting out in the street. Like you have, you have dudes that are like you know like you have you know like people kids that are like twenty three years old, you know they can barely afford their fucking rent doing uh, you know a zillion shots a week and working sixteen hours a day, and I they're protesting that. outside the goddamn theater and you're laughing at this joke. That's that's a little weird. That's a little yep. embarrassing. Especially when you yeah. you're forcing you know, work out of Los Angeles and into you know Vancouver, et cetera, which is yeah. screwing everybody, it's screwing yeah. it's screwing Canada, you know, it's screwing Canadians as well. So yeah, it's like now a, all the Canadians are, well, the people in British Columbia are freaking out because everything's going to Montreal. It's like you chase the price <laughs> really? down to wherever you want. Yeah, keep it. Up, yeah. Oh, it's home. been going on for a couple of years. Yeah. Right. Chasing the subsidies. Like, I'm 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 perfectly willing to cut you know any individual slack for saying something stupid, and then you did say something incredibly stupid and incredibly harsh, uh, mm -hmm. maybe without intending any insult. But like, at some point, read the room. You know, like wonder where your oh, magic food care. comes from. Exactly. He doesn't care. <laughs> exactly. No, because he knows that that's not where he's going to get his work from. Yeah, or, right. Yeah, but he's right. not going to. He doesn't care. It's and really, the fact is, bad. visual effects. He's going to make another movie, and people are like, "Yes, we'll work mm -hmm. on the next Ang Lee film." No one's yeah. going to be sitting there refusing to work on an Ang Lee thing because sure. of what he said at sure. the Oscars. Right. Right. No, yeah, I know. And uh, and you know, like Hollywood is long. 
worked on the idea of like we will abuse your love of film to make you work for free like they will just sure they, and like it. you get to be in the movies you get yeah to it's credit. fancy yeah exactly and like I, oh credit yeah oh. like I, i'm oh. a, i'm a big proponent for working for free on things that you love that are yours that's that yours yeah. yes <laughs> like absolutely <laughs> do that if you're if you're making something because you're in love with it and it's fun and this is a project that you are doing because you're in love with it then please do that but don't do it for ang lee <laughs> like good yeah. christ that's a business you're paying rent yeah right and they're horrible people it's, it's really ugly anyway i like i said i don't know ang lee i don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy but i just know that, that was it was an embarrassment all around jason's asking if hulk embittered him as like i don't know maybe because hulk was pretty terrible <laughs> why did no, he embitter him jason because he, it uh was he screwed by the studio no oh, it just hulk looked pretty bad honestly speaking it was yeah like it, i can animation. see the intention behind what they were trying to do with hulk like the it's like there because he wanted the actual cartoon character to be present in the real world and that's kind of what it is but it doesn't work like it's like the the effects are actually relatively cutting edge for the time, but what he's trying to do isn't like the vision isn't really coming across. And he couldn't uh, communicate. I mean, he probably couldn't communicate it very well to the visual effects right, right. company. It's, it's which just was ILM, by the way. Right. Yeah, exactly. I do think, however, I do recommend rewatching. This Hulk. goes back. Like here's an interesting, the thing. bizarre film. This goes back. The, he is the type of director that has no vision. Remember, I just was talking about that earlier. That's the type of guy. That yeah. I like, I really love it. I love, I love Etrick Man Woman. I love uh, Brokeback Mountain. I love, I fucking love uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Like, he's mm -hmm. a great director in my mind. Like, he's absolutely wonderful. But uh, no, I think not that a he's a visual stylist that, that wows me. Never has. Yeah, Story wise, I, beautiful director for characters. Sure. Beautiful. Sure. But it's like uh, Mammoth directing. Right. right. Well, we should get back to Doug Trumbull. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's our boy. Uh, What's so, interesting on this is that all those, a lot, that big ship and a lot of those props he owned. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering where that's going to end up now. Probably like, you know. Well, they got disassembled of her from what I read, but he did that, 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 that silent running ship was about 25 feet long, apparently. 28, 28 yeah. feet. So but it's stored in his place, his, his own storage facility. Yeah parts of it but some of the little uh the botanical um, the domes domes were sold but there's a couple left and then all those creatures that walk those, mm -hmm. the robots are mm -hmm. he has that's great that's great I mean, wonderful designs absolutely awesome man and he also did um at least i'm gonna google this before i say it out loud uh hang on uh what, he do sitting here waiting Sorry, I'm looking up. Did he do the show uh, called The Star Lost? Because I remember Star The Star Lost, Lost is a can, I think it was Canadian or something like this. And it used a lot of. Lost, yeah, there we go. Waiting in this yeah, I think he was involved in this. And it's a, and so if you want to, you can watch this on YouTube. You want to see a really weird, weird show. Uh, it's a science fiction show uh, created by Harlan Ellison uh and it's got like Kier delia from 2001 he's the main guy in 2001 and uh and uh and, and who's our favorite uh from uh dr strangelove he plays uh uh the crazy general 
Oh, uh, uh, Sterling uh, Hayden. George C. Scott. Oh, yeah, the other guy. Yeah, no, Ster Sterling Hayden with like with uh, precious bodily fluids. Yeah, like it's. Oh, yeah. that guy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. look up the story. I believe the Trumbull did a lot no, of this stuff and used a lot of the materials. From well, this. That's and interesting because those, those are all Kubrick's actors. Like, yeah, Kubrick's, totally. Yeah, and they, yeah. they must have been all like buddies. They might like all like yeah. you know, in touch with the same. Isn't people. that always the case though? Yeah, yeah. that's so fun. But look that up on YouTube. It's I, I think, uh, and I bet. Uh, 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 Jason, in particular, if you haven't seen the Star Lost, I think that the Star Lost might, might be your bag. If I if I get an idea of what your taste is, you might find a lot to dig out of the Star Lost. If I, I remember what what Doug said a couple of years ago, I think he literally cold called Kubrick to do the movie to work on two thousand one. Oh, is really? that true? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's literally. wild. Gutsy. I yeah. love the he was guts. a gutsy dude, man. He was a gutsy yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's very interesting. Um, it's very interesting. Anyway, um, let's see. So let's talk a little bit about the plot of this movie. The plot is, like I said, it's a low budget film. Very low budget. Pretty like what? Do anyone know what the budget on this? And this can't let's be much. Silent. Um, but it's a space film, definitely. Dollars. It was one point three. One point three million. Moly. Yeah, that's a For tiny. Seventy-two or seventy-one dollars. That's still cheap. Yeah, that is that is not a very expensive for a space movie. That is not not very expensive. Well, there's That's only amazing. four actors, <laughs> not include. Well, no, right. if you include Huey, Louie, and Dewey, the robots. That's three additional ones. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, because so the that, the robots, which are genius, are uh, uh, played by uh, folks who are uh, uh, paraplegic, and they're like, amputees. The, actually, amputees. Mostly. I'm sorry, yes, yeah. amputees. And and it's one of the most empathic performances. These guys like are so great, even though you can, like, you can you can't see their faces. It's all robot, but it's like they're so good at getting these little emotions across. It's sort of a it's wild. Like it's C3PO really is, good. Yeah, it's like the, nobody has. Yeah, no one's made me connect to a robot. Between that and uh, the robot from Interstellar, like I, th that's these are the two greats. The two this greats. is where they filmed it too. I discovered. Yeah, they filmed it on on the on the on the on the aircraft. USS area. Valley Forge, yeah. which is the name of the ship that they use. As well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it turns out that these guys are on a cargo ship that's American Airlines <laughs> cargo ship for that's some awesome. reason. <laughs> uh, but a spaceship. Uh, and I love the sponsorship. There was Dow. There's all this stuff there that it was just like before yeah. a lot of the other films that do that. They're literally everything was branded. Well, it seemed it, I was it. It's not quite clear. I mean, there's you read about it later, and then they tell you what it is. But in the film itself, they're not quite telling you what's going on. But right. they no. definitely look like they're cargo ships filled with corporate stuff. Yeah. Like somehow it's a little bit of a Noah's Ark situation, mm -hmm. right? Because there's these giant uh, uh, geodesic domes which are supporting life on them, right? right. And it's very uh, uh, the, the 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 they have you know different. The, the, apparently there there there's multiple ships by the way. There's like five or six of them, yeah. um, and each one of them sort of represents a different ecological system of the United States, right? So one of them is supposed to be the desert, and one is supposed to be the you know tropical, and then like the Florida Keys, and then you know like there's all kinds of stuff like that. One and of them is Paramus, New Jersey. So it's yeah, <laughs> like, right. Paramus, New Jersey. Yeah. So it's, uh, uh, but anyway, that's the Woody Allen film. <laughs> uh, but the uh, they are um, each one of these ships holds a lot of stuff on it. 
and there's different people that were working on the ship. So this this ship was it four people, right? There's three yeah. guys and then uh, Bruce Dern, right? Right. So Bruce Dern is definitely different than the other guys. He's a better actor. He's a better actor <laughs> for sure. Oh God, yes. Yeah, so notably uh, better actor than the other three guys. That's where they yeah. saved a lot of their money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they went to like. You want me to do crafty joint. and act? Okay. Okay. Hey, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to pay you in the crafty dollars. Is that okay? That's how it works. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Mr. Lee. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, but they're they're kind of just goofing around. But Bruce Dern is very very passionate about mm -hmm. uh, the uh, the environment. Uh, the, the biodomes let's we'll just call them biodomes right? right and each ship has six domes i think it is something, something like that, like that. Yeah, four or six yeah something like that okay so but the but the earth has been paved more or less that's basically the idea i think it? it's a little bit of a wally situation right right, right. so it's similar yeah. idea to that um but they don't really get into the details of that which is actually fine which we'll is to the film's benefit, I think. This, this sure. is one of the first movies that, like, I've, I've talked about it before, but I, I strongly believe in withhold as much information as you possibly can when you're world building, and the audience will fill out the rest of it to their heart's content. So, right. like, hmm. give me, like, these little bits, and then I'll, and I'll make up all the stuff. Blade Runner, Silent Running, and then the worlds seem really deep when actually right. you're not, you don't have to do all the work. It's much better. No, no, no. It's good when you over-explain things. Okay. And you make Flashbacks. it really really in detailed you know talk about you know the metachlorines and all that the stuff. best is to do the really best is to use into it. flashbacks because the studio wants more clarity for the audience so they right. take over the they film exactly and they do the flashbacks so the, when yeah. you see movies like that mm -hmm. you know that the flashback was inserted by the studio because it's totally like yeah it's so good to have you home i haven't seen you in three years oh, yeah. i know you're allergic to gluten <laughs> exactly. but mom it might cause a problem down i'm the road. home <laughs> oh okay so so i'll tell a story i've told the story before but this is exactly the situation and uh it was on irobot and uh we had you know on irobot they had these ns5s which are the, the robot rights that uh that uh uh, we're running around. So one of the Bridget Moynihan was a Bridget Moynihan, right? Yeah, she was the, the, the female. Right. So <laughs> Will Smith goes to visit her house and she has her own NS5, right? Mm -hmm. But she's like, you know, there. And then he's like, what's that thing doing here? And they, and she goes, oh, you know, what, what are you talking about? Oh, he's fine, whatever. Anyway. They showed the cut of the movie. Some executive showed the cut of the movie to his wife. Uh -oh. He comes back with feedback. She's like, she doesn't understand. Is that sunny or is it not sunny? Um, right? Like yeah. die. So, so, <laughs> so we had to get a special texture map to put on the chest that says prototype. Yeah, not sunny. <laughs> so in one shot in one Mr. shot Greenberg, where he's fairly di where he's fairly distant like where you know was a, where he's a smaller one we actually changed the texture map to say not sunny not sunny it. oh my god <laughs> oh it's great not sunny just let you, you can't know. really tell because it's you know it's too small but but we, we know it's there and not it made sunny. us happy does it but it's like and she favorite. literally like you can totally hear the adr he's like this is my own personal nf5 he's a prototype like just like 
just over explaining right. it so this executive's <laughs> wife would shut up because... you, can hear him, you can hear the editor chewing on the Toblerone you're like yeah no that sounds real <laughs> yeah man well it's like you the, like to use toblerones in a lot of your stories go, it's yeah. a good go-to punchline right there i just recommend it for anyone who's you you know, like you're looking candy. for this sweet cherry on the sunday toblerone is it but any toffee-based candy is a good joke but do you like i mean do you like toblerones do you eat toblerones i like exactly two pieces of toblerone before i hate toblerone yeah, I, I can hear it i and i always associated toblerone with the airport like it's the thing that you yep. would buy at an airport it's duty-free toblerone yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the thing that you have in the bowl in the editing room when the clients come by that's that's how i oh that's, that's what you see yeah, it. No, I, I saw it as something you get at a duty-free shop yeah yeah totally. it's duty-free it's for, certainly duty-free but yeah like this uh yeah god but yeah like the like this this reminds me of my like uh there's a book by john sales great screenwriter and filmmaker um yeah and uh he like Pull it's a the old sales stuff that's oh cool. i love sales amazing and uh, he was writing about like this experience he had, right? He was working, you know, doing some punch up work on like a Western or something like this in the seventies. And uh, it's, Oh, it's fantastic. It's What's uh, the book uh, called. I've read that years and years, uh, it's, years it's, ago. It's, it's, uh, was it talking in pictures? Anyway, it's uh, like, he did Manhattan. What is the one Manhattan or, uh, Oh yeah, he no he did yeah Mate One he did Mate, Mate One fucking yes. great Mate One Mate One's great uh, from, uh, Passion Fish uh, yeah, Passion fantastic. yeah no ter terrific sorry, filmmaker sorry, unsung sorry. I, um, I disrupted you so. no not at all the um but so if you don't know who John Sales is look up John Sales he's absolutely one of the great American filmmakers he's incredible um but he did write a great book Thinking in Pictures that's what it's called Thinking in Pictures and it's just about his thoughts on filmmaking and his history anyway he was doing some punch up work on a screenplay. Uh, Western seventies, and uh, and so they're watching, uh, you know, like they're, they're the producers are reading through the script rather, and they get to the point. There's two, um, you know, in, uh, 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 indigenous Americans, and they're on horseback. It's the you know 1800s, and uh, in the distance you see a, uh, a cloud of dirt rising to the horizon, right, and you hear a, a rumbling sound, right. Uh, and it's coming closer and closer and closer. And one of the characters uh, looks at the other and says, here come the buffalo. And he's like, why the fuck would we have to say, here come the buffalo, when we're showing you the buffalo? Like, what do you think this is? <laughs> it's just like, the, he's like, I want to know, I want to write for the other characters. You'd lean over and say like, you're really on your game today, George. <laughs> uh. We are out here hunting buffalo and those are buffalo. You're correct. Here come the buffalo. <laughs> that should have been the name of the book. Here come the buffalo. Yeah, like and every time I think of that stuff, it's just like here come the buffalo. That's it. That's all we need. There's a there's a there was a guy on the cross country team. We used to call him Moto or Master of the Obvious because he mm -hmm. always used to say like the obvious thing. I <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> we call it, and he didn't know why we call him Moto. Uh, and <laughs> at one point. One of the guys on the team who was very blunt and direct said, <laughs> he says, you know what, you know what moto means? And the guy says, what? And he goes, it means master of the obvious. And it's like, oh, they're probably using that name because I tend to have interesting observation. It's like, no, because you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be clear, <laughs> you're living up to your actual ironic name right now. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I've been that. It way. was pretty funny. Yeah. All right. So where do we went on this tangent? Because we were talking about not saying the obvious. Not Here comes Buffalo, obvious. right? Yeah. So so they don't say exactly what's going on, but they do have enough information in this film to actually start to develop a story in your head, right? Right. right. Which I think is kind of clever. Yeah. Although it does have a little bit of that strange sequences that goes on too long that are not like the little chasing of those little cars around. Yeah, like yeah. this, I would because I wouldn't even I would say this about Brainstorm as well. And I'm, again, not to speak ill of the dead, I don't think that Trumbull himself was a terrific director. I think he's a visionary guy, and he had really, really great concepts that you I really that like were. Brainstorm. And <laughs> Brainstorm do. is like Brainstorm is very good. You know, it's like it's a little like tonally, it's all over the place for a lot of reasons. And it's but Brainstorm's his best made movie uh, by leaps and bounds. Um, and and certainly to cut some slack, like if you compare Silent Running to any other science fiction movie coming out in 1972 or 73, like it's like Oscar winning performances compared to the junk that was that was out there. Well, uh, uh, Siskel gave it like five stars. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, it's because it was... the, the ideas are very powerful and the story the ideas are powerful, but there are still beautiful sequences. Yeah, that kind of interface where he's looking through the telescope, the binoc um, the microscope. microscope those are great. Yep. Flawless. They were so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Like he, and, and he has some really of the optical strange work imagery. that he was doing. was yeah. great. I, There's something a little bit about the, the way this set up that made me think of moon as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was about, funny. You say that because it's totally moon went by the time he's alone. And yeah. I was like, yeah. man, I bet you that was uh, Bowie's, um, Zoe, uh, Duncan, Duncan, what's his Dun name? Yeah. Uh, Duncan, uh, Duncan Jones, Duncan Jones. Yeah. That was his go-to movie. It was probably it. I, there's, there's because it was moon esque. By the time right. those guys sure. died, it was and was and like, and and, like, oh. and the and the robots and are the very robots, empathetic. Yeah. Are yeah. very empathetic. Meaningful right? connection to robots over human beings. Yeah, you know? and because like uh, even though it's Kevin Spacey, I just rewatched it a little while ago. I'm just like, wow. Even though that robot voice is creepy to your Kevin Spacey, I still like him. <laughs> like it's a really affecting bit of writing you know moon is really really well, kevin spacey is not necessarily a bad actor he's not he's a bad wonderful actor. person <laughs> yeah. can't say much about him uh, other than that but he is a very talented man he is a talented actor um, but yeah um, the, the robots in silent running are 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 incredibly very just, creative solution they, too. and you know what the way they i think it's specifically yeah it was such an interesting thing right because they use people who are amputees obviously they moved in a very natural way or right. seemingly very natural way right but Clearly, it wasn't a guy in. It didn't feel like a guy in, in a robot suit. Yeah, it didn't feel like a C-3PO. Like you're completely right. like that is a robot, you know. And uh, and that's some beautiful costume design for them, which is great, you know. Right. And uh, but really, it's like their performance is is so dialed in because they don't tell them like, you know, like they're not gonna like act like a robot, you know. Right. But they do have to like mime some very complex emotional gestures just by like tipping the right way at the right time and sort of like yep. like it's i was just like this is phenomenal there's the best this funny you bring that up because the best scene was where he tells the robots to stop and you cut to them just they stop but one of the little feet was tapping tapping like it's, yeah. waiting. it's just gold it's just it was gold. like oh, and it's those little subtleties touch. yeah it's really really beautiful it's really yeah. beautiful so yeah. It had a it, it had a walliness to them mm -hmm. for sure. It's more impressive than he made it for so little. Oh, it's insane! Oh yeah, God! Because if you compare yeah. it to say like Rollerball, uh, which is roughly the same period, Rollerball, which also I love Rollerball, also mm -hmm. looks very cheap, and mm -hmm. uh, and it costs like six million somewhere around there. So he's getting a better looking movie than that 
four. You know how you can tell less. about the budget giveaway mm -hmm. was what? that all the monitors weren't synced. <laughs> yeah, it's all flippy. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's just too expensive box. to sync it. That's you know, right. You'd have to get a whole yeah. bunch yeah. of video village guys to right. sync yeah. it up. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like Stanley. Yeah, like a bigger budget that wouldn't have been allowed. Like, right. Are you kidding me? Can't do that. That's like when I see. I actually find it really sort of charming now when I see uh, like lightning or flashbangs go off in movies today, and you see the shutter roll clip, while like half of the yeah. half of the shot is lit up really brightly, and the other other half is is not yet lit. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just like uh, these indie indie movies. That's a nice little patina. Yeah, it's just cool. It's just kind of neat. I'm just like, oh, that's that's an artifact of uh, your shitty technology. It's really good. Mm -hmm. You don't see it so or, much anymore. I'm not like or rolling shutters or any kind of rolling yeah, shutters. Well, exactly right. But yeah, in indie movies for a good long stretch had an awful lot of that, and I think it's really quite awesome looking. As a matter of fact, the DV tapes there, brought that. Yep. There was right. some. There was some. Someone who put oh, up a shutter. video. Was it you guys or someone else? There's a video of this this prop. That it's just this big thing with a red, like gaseous plasma thing that goes. Oh, the two red bands. Yeah, that's the yes. most. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's the most used science fiction prop of all time. Yeah, oh, it's used in all these movies. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. That was a good one. The most important device in the universe. Yeah, maybe yeah. it was Jesus who put that link up in there. It was funny as hell. That yeah, was I don't amazing. know what it was. It was hilarious. Yeah, you're just like, oh, yeah, there's Buck Rogers and Buck <laughs> it's in everything. Every damn thing. V, whatever you want to name. And then it, there's always someone like with a wrench doing yeah, something. They're clicking they're like, clacking. <laughs> I got to knock on this for something. Got to fix the power converters. Blah, blah. And really, what that was was to sync the camera to the TV screen. They couldn't get it to work. That's what happened <laughs> <Yeah>, we'll call back <laughs> all right all right all right so uh so basically uh, besides the fact that the other three actors were not as good as bruce stern there was clearly differences uh in terms of their character the other characters seem to be goofing around and don't give a crap and then bumping into all kinds of stuff and running around in these little go-karts which were pretty cool looking little go-karts sure. gotta say um but uh bruce dern is you know uh, a little bit of Snow White in the in his in his uh, environment, taking oh, care of uh, squirrels and in tortoises and uh, swimming in the uh, yeah, it was kind of a little bit crazy. Uh, all to the music of Joan Baez. Oh, it's amazing, dude! It's like the like you couldn't have picked a more of the moment type of music to put in in, in a nature centric movie. Yeah, it's like Snow White, yeah, kind of like so it's the same, but she also did that, uh, for uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, yeah, that's right, that's right. So it's a little riff on that, but so it's so good, it makes it makes the movie what it is. It's like it's this weird little time capsule with a very strange, strange flavor. Like when I think of 70s sci fi, like I don't think right. Star Wars, I think of this, like this is the this is the one and like you can see a lot of the model work you can see stuff that he's cooking up for close encounters you know like there's a lot of those a lot of little nernies you know little design bits. it's yeah. also very, very... one of those movies when you look at it it was made for toys being made do you know what i mean it was like before all the movies like star wars which generated toys it had this kind of you look oh, at yeah. those little robots yeah. it's like yeah they're making toys out oh, of that definitely they're making toys out of the go-karts sure. right, right. you know it just had that kind of branding experience. Yeah, so those are really fun looking things. Yeah. Were branding experiences. 
but it was the great like that section of sci-fi is really incredible because like pretty much science fiction for all intents and purposes ends with a hard cut at star wars like it takes forever to get interesting science fiction back there's plenty of good sci-fi movies that are made after star wars but right. doing weird shit like this didn't come back until i don't know late 90s early 2000s like it starts to wake up wake back up again that's like all of the 80s everyone is still trying to do star wars or after aliens trying to do what are you talking about we're still trying to do star wars and still trying to do star wars exactly and, just and they call star it star wars, star wars. oh man <laughs> or you. they call it you know boba fed or whatever the f what I, they're doing. I was like i put this up on twitter i was like we should come up with more boba fett shows and just name it. i just listed off and like the the last one is mondo Kane. i think that that's the one if we can just do mondo Kane, if we get that far i know that uh, movie <laughs> you know mondo Kane. there we go like yeah. any any good art nerd knows mondo Kane. i bet they could i bet they could get that out that was with the jack uh, jack what's his name from hawaii 50 school of 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 worship with Dan Aykroyd? No, the, yeah, this is the this is the 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 documentary which is made up of like nasty footage from around the world and like all sorts of. It was a huge hit in the yes in the, uh, 60s in the set. 70s. It was just yeah the dark. late seventies. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Really, but really there funny. is one. There was one with Dan. Whole Aykroyd. series of Mondo's movies after that too. Yeah, there was one with Dan Aykroyd with um, Belushi, I think, and it was the Jack Lord House House of Worship. <laughs> and so they good. were yeah. worshiping Jack Lord. Jack and I Lord. think the guy that directed yeah. it like yeah, Jack was... Lord is a cargo cult, right? That was the basic idea. Yeah, it was, it was hysterical. That's that's incredible. Do you know you remember the old Saturday Night Lives and there was uh, Mr. Bill? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Classic. Yeah. Do you know who created Mr. Bill? No. Ellen DeGeneres' older brother. <laughs> that's amazing. Really? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, boy, I remember that. One hundred percent. It's crazy. Classic bit of work. Uh, we do have to throw some um, uh, some love to Jesus, who's been rocking some great lines in chat. By the way, who threw in? I want a dark star silent running mashup where the Valley Forge picks up Pinback. I agree one hundred percent, Jesus, and I'm sure anybody who's seen John Carpenter's Dark Star agrees with you. I actually thought of Dark Star while I was rewatching this thing. Uh, the Church of Jack Lord and uh, <laughs> yep, yeah, Mister Mister Mike's Monday 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 video, yeah, Mister Mike's video. That was it, Mondo right? Video. Yep, Mister Mike's Mondo video. Mr. Mike's. That yep. was the. Yep. And I think yep. it's the guys yep. from who did Mister Bill. Mister Bill, that's right. Late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, that right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then what does the, Stephen Colbert Faces and Steve, Boba Fett? Nice. Stephen Colbert <laughs> did uh, with uh, the cartoon um, with uh, Stephen Colbert and Steve, the other one. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember it. They did some great stuff, though. Right. Super, super fun. Super fun. They, they did. The, it was the two like uh, possibly gay superheroes. Yeah. The, the uh, ambiguously gay duo. Uh, ambiguously was that Stephen gay. Colbert? Yep. It was Stephen Colbert and Stephen. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, Stephen Colbert and uh, the guy who's in the office, Stephen. Yeah, that guy. He's. Famous. Why am I blanking on his name? I'm. He's a fifty. Carell. Uh, Stephen Carell. Thank you. Did that? Yeah. That's great. Those are the two. Yeah. Still funny. So. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Good. That's yeah. genius. You've never seen that? You've seen those sketches? Oh, right? I know that. Yeah. Yeah. But and yeah, then this... my 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 buddy. Uh, uh Tishan did the, the 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 bear city one so <laughs> hilarious uh bear city bear bear city i don't know if you've seen those those are pretty hilarious 
um that's when the basically the entire planet like everyone dies off but the bears came out of the woods and then took over where humans <laughs> left off <Yes>. bear city <laughs> <laughs> and it's like yeah and it, they're they're slight no, i mean michael and seidelmeyer uh yeah yeah it's my, they did the animation yeah. did the animation but the yeah. voices were the colbert uh was yeah. uh, Steve, the oh. stevens um Man, anyway. the thing is, though, like the thing is with with SNL, like SNL is ninety seven percent not funny, and it's always been like that. And, like the whole but there's just time, so much of it. <laughs> but there's so much SNL that you have like forty hours of hysterical, and you watch yeah. all that stuff, and you're like, oh, we should tune into SNL, and then it's trash. It has always been trash. It's always been like that. It's always absolute absolute bottom of the barrel garbage, and one one no. moment of one show per year no. is gold and then it adds the gold pile they've just no, been on so long no, i'm not no, saying it's no, bad no. i'm just saying you have to be patient it's just a patience no, issue no no there's no. some good like there's 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 periods with like belushi and Ackroyd. uh and Chevy 76 Chase. when that's Billy the came, height 76 to 80 or 79 yes. there were stuff like pre-chew charlie's i mean it oh, was yeah. one after the other the way, I mean, well, it was, it was also only, it was they, only until about twelve forty did it start to get slamming slow, and then they put the Grateful Dead or Stones on again. Sure. And the, I mean, couple more just stuff. for Ackroyd doing his uh, like, like what he was doing, uh, playing the other guy who's selling things like, oh no, this one's uh, it's it's a uh, Jimmy Bag of Glass or whatever it is, you know, like oh it's a uh, it's a uh, it's uh, it's a Halloween costume and it's a uh, it's uh, the Human Torch, and, and she's like. This That's is true. actually just a bag of rags Radner, and some you know, gasoline. Rosanna, Rosanna Dana, <laughs> Rosanna Scotch Dana. boutique. Yeah, but they were in real trouble when a lot of that that first cast started to leave, and yeah. then it was Eddie Murphy who came around and turned it. Well, oh, yeah. What's was, his name left? Titan was. Yeah. What's his yeah. name left? The yeah. show was. Um, God, I knew somebody who worked for him. What's the guy's uh, the creator? Oh. Uh, I'm blanking. All right, let's get back to the movie. We've gone. He left the show, and he came back when Eddie Murphy came back. Yeah, oh right, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. But anyway. uh, uh, Lorne, Lorne, Mike, Lorne Michaels, Michaels. invisible. Thank there, thank you. Mainway Products invisible pedestrian costume. That was it. In, yes, Johnny Invisible Pedestrian. That was amazing. That that was my favorite joke from all of SNL. It was the Invisible Pedestrian. Okay, I, now we can move on. <laughs> all right all right all right all right science fiction okay. in the 70s that's where we're at science fiction in the 70s is is anyway so uh low budget etc cetera, etc cetera. so anyway we've established we've we've created the established established these characters through what's going on he's clearly taking care of all the the the, the environments and everyone else is just goofing off in the space uh they're playing poker that's another thing that right. sort of establishes their character and you know they they do uh you know that's basically what's going on and then you see these little robots walking around uh that don't really sort of have a role just yet but you know mm -hmm. they're just sort of walking around and they don't and by the way the robots don't say anything at all right um they don't even beep they don't do anything they, they don't do anything ram. that's it just walk around and it's amazing how sad you get over these damn robots. Like it's really, really great. So, like, well, the the one thing I will say about drone the other one, actors, two, and three. Yeah, <laughs> you're doing the, but the um uh, the one thing I can say about the other actors who are in the film, like they're like they're 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 such bad actors that you wonder if they know the cameras on. Kind of bad acting. It's very, very bad. But it does help the movie out a little bit because you hate them as much as Bruce Dern. 
Like you just yeah. like you're just like holy they're assholes. shit, these guys. So like they're just wretched. And then yeah. like by the so by the time you're like you're, the movie's like, why don't we get invested in the nice robots? You're like, yes, yes, I'm on board. Show me something. Someone someone I can right. care about. And it, Absolutely. It works, works tremendously well. So so okay. So these these um so uh you also notice that the other guys don't give a crap about his environment and they keep running their trucks over the flower beds and stuff like that and he eats from nature right which is another thing that he, he eats out of his gardens and everyone else is eating different things so there's this whole discussion about artificiality he's an and, he's and, and, and stuff. immediately that he's different and he, and he starts bitching about the fact that uh someone kept took his air compressor which is another thing that he right. does as well <laughs> which yeah exactly because and then they go around town they finally steal one back from the other guys and turns yeah. out one of the robots oh there. no that was a different <laughs> all right uh yeah it was funny like that that nebraska didn't get like uh, we we're talking about we we talked about this earlier uh, in a couple episodes ago but nebraska was i was just disappointed it's a, yeah it's an okay movie i mean we that we, we covered it but it's also like yeah it's fine bruce stern's great and it's a pretty good movie. Yeah, well, Bruce Dern's great, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it, it doesn't really doesn't really land. But yeah, like I, I think that like Dern is so he's so committed in this movie, and he like he doesn't spend like more than three seconds before he's like the pedal is on the floor with Bruce Dern. Hmm. Yeah. Like he's just like they're like, hey, you know, hey man, you want to play some poker? And he he basically turns around and says like fuck you and your stupid earth and I can't stand any of you yeah <laughs> why lose his mind yeah he does when lose he, his mind when he gets into, like he's still, like because people look at you they look at you and and like that's a great idiot. impression by the way and you're, and you're just like my man <laughs> like they're asking if you want to hang out and play poker. <laughs> <laughs> really, really wild. <laughs> because I used to be trees. Jesus Christ, my friend. So, yeah. Jesus is coming up with some good ones. <laughs> Silent Running Man is a good one. <laughs> Silent Running Man. Silent Running Man. True. true. <laughs> true. Very true. But yeah. I, I couldn't quite figure out why it's called Silent Running. That there's no explanation on that. Yeah, I think that was probably because there's a famous sub movie called Run Silent Run Deep, and I think there's like a little bit of like a. It's a little bit like, yeah, it sounds like a kind of famous movie. Maybe you'll see this kind of thing. Like, it, it's a cool name. It, it seems great. It. Yeah. yeah. That it seems a like a movie I'd watch. But, but it has no real, you know, reason for it. Right. Uh, 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 yeah. Well, I don't know about that. That's a, that's a stretch. That's a very, that's <laughs> a complimentary ex explanation. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, said, he says, the end of the movie, he goes into radio silence. Like, yes, well, he does. Mm, yes. Yeah. Does. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. Uh, so for some reason they get an order that they need to get back to earth and blow away all, all the, they fucking detonate all the plants. I mean, yeah, start so yelling crazy. like Bruce Dern too. And, and that's like, where you really start to hook into Dern. You're like, you know what? I agree with him. I mean, it's well, like yeah, that. it is like no, let's just take and you, and of course you see little little cute squirrels and turtles oh, yeah. and stuff, and they make and, the other guys such bias, jerks yeah. that it makes it easy. For, oh yeah, and you can go, yeah. you can hear it now. Like I, this is all post hoc, but like I now that you mentioned that um, that Chimino was screenwriter, like I can absolutely yeah. see Chimino's point of view in this thing because like this yeah. fits into the Thunderbolt and life. Like what happened to America? You know, like That's what right. the fuck happened sure. to this wonderful land we used to live in, and now it's all just fucking the same trash 
and uh and when 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 Dern goes off on a couple of his big rants you're like you know if this were like yeah give this to uh uh give this to Eastwood and uh and uh and Thunderbolt and Lightfoot next time it's just really really good stuff yeah cool wasn't it to yeah, find that awesome. out that's great i didn't know that that's awesome yeah i lo- I, I love chimino it's too bad that he he became unstable as an artist you know uh, what happened to chimino he died uh, in 2016 yeah he's uh like after i think heaven's gate really broke it's like heaven's gate was his apocalypse now right and yep. and it just broke him like he just couldn't do it anymore like there's so much um so much effort and so much resistance involved in that movie that like he didn't have any push left to give and uh i think when you're an artist like that and you can't really do your shit anymore like you start to get a little loopy and he just yeah he just slowly slid out like he made a couple of movies they're not that great and kind of disappeared i think he became a woman too at one point oh that's true yeah he was i believe he was trans but like the like the quality of his work was just like you know, like, you know, the best the best thing you can say is like yeah it's just like you know he did like uh, yeah we're not uh what's the uh the mickey work crime film um in uh in like uh little tokyo or whatever it was i can't remember what it's like not enter the Public dragon but, no it's uh something the dragon you're the dragon all oh, right and it's like it's kind of chunky it's arguably racist and like uh, ugly looking and you're like the fuck what happened to him <laughs> you know you go from thunderbolt and lightfoot to that it's 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 uh you're jamming the gears a little bit but if you made those films you can walk away and say Man, i did it but if you can do you, if you had only made i'm i'm a huge defender of uh um uh heaven's gate i think heaven's gate's fucking incredible it's beautiful an incredible movie and uh it's a it's an absolute shame that uh that has been the butt of so many jokes it's like get it you know he's a fucking artist and he you know he made everyone mad but just look at the work the movie's a mind blower jesus yeah. has put in another couple of guns silent cannibal running <laughs> silent cool runnings like silent those. runaway bride there we go silent running on empty silent runaway train silent blade runner Silent Run, Lola Run. <laughs> there we go. I like money, Silent money, Run. Shredding, uh, shredding, shredding, money, money. Yeah, that's it, dude. I like Silent I Running on Empty song. because uh, then you can do the Joan Baez song only it's Jackson Brown singing. Then it's what if dead. they did they did Run, Lola Run, Silent Run, Lola Run, but then instead of using the Run, Lola Run music, they used the Joan Baez music. Oh, yeah, there we go. Instead of like incredibly <laughs> kick-ass techno. As, as she's running, as she's running, it's just playing Joan Baez. Cut to life. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> <There it is>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so um, basically what, uh, what happens at that point is they set up a bunch of bombs into these uh, into these uh, uh, biospheres, um, and then they uh, uh, they eject the biosphere and blow it up, right. right? And there's two biospheres left. At which point, Bruce Dern goes in and kills one of the guys who's setting up the the, the bombs. Right. Gets the other two guys come in. He traps them in that biosphere, and uh, launches it and blows it up. It's basically. <laughs> murders them. The, murders Stone them cold murders them i'm just like uh, yep. yeah that's right that's right that is an ecological those decision. little bomb devices they milled all that metal it was i know they look yeah. really cool yeah. <laughs> they awful. went to an aircraft supply place or something like yeah, that yeah it's really to great, get great little props great little props they were great 
You know, it's funny. My, uh, my, my buddy. Oh, you remember him, uh, Eric? At, at uh, I remember at that Gensler, guy. Mark, uh, yeah. Mark at Gensler. How's yeah, he? he how's he doing? I, he had cancer, but he's okay. Um, I think. Uh, but he used to go to high tech junkyards and find random things that he would get, like. Uh, uh, like pieces of uh, struts from Apache helicopters and just random That's pieces crazy. and stuff. There, and he would build like that here. I went to it's amazing. Yeah. And he would build uh, like telescopes and pieces of furniture and all kinds of stuff out of it because he was really good with that kind of stuff. But it seemed like that's the thing. Like you would find that at like one of the high tech junkyards places that were really cool. Yeah. Like all, yeah, re real things that look like what the fuck does this do? <laughs> like, right. This was made for a very specific reason that I can't suss it out. Like that's uh, that's a good look for when you're making a low budget science fiction movie. Really creative. Mean. Those yeah. tools and those devices and a lot of the screen stuff. It was incredible. Yeah. And I have yeah. more. Yeah, the screen stuff was pretty everybody. good. Like there was, was great. the, the, the fonts, everything. The the robots themselves, like when he inserts the discs into them, they were a little bit smushy. Yeah, it's a little smushy. It said Seagate on it, right? <laughs> but but it's, it was actually it's pretty actually a walking jazz drive. Those were the original jazz. Remember drive? the jazz? <laughs> I was just thinking of those. You remember? Oh those? my god, those th those 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 jazz drives will live in infamy. To click click click. Oh click, man, click. my computer clicks now, and it doesn't click like they a drive. Click. Jazz drive. You remember a little maraca? Yeah, it was fantastic. Oh. Yeah, yeah I, it was the the click of death. That means yeah. that was gone. That, you yeah, never, that's never. Right. Yep. Yeah. The. Uh, I got the, I used to get the Seagate drives because SideQuest, SideQuest drives. Mm. That's what it was. Right. Those things were better than jazz drives for sure. That's what way, really made me feel like an artist, man. I was just like, when I, when I got when I got my first jazz drive at work, I was just like, I am the cock of the walk. I got a jazz drive. I can have a Photoshop file on it. On it. <laughs> I believe how much? How much? Another computer. How much? Expensive. How much? It was one gigabyte. I think that's yeah. a one gig. Was. Yeah. Yep. And that was yep. a lot of data back then. Oh, it's insane. It's completely yeah. insane. It was. A, it was a hard, hard drive. drive. It was a whole hard drive. Yeah. yeah. It was an interchangeable hard drive. And, yeah. So uh, crazy. Shaped like a floppy disk, but uh, crashes like Kinda. a jar. Kinda. <laughs> Kinda, yeah, because they had the jazz drives, but they had zip disks, which were the, zip disks, the yeah. which were the smaller ones, yeah. right? I looked down on zips. I was like, no, 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 no. I'll put that on the jazz. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those the disks. I, it's funny because this is a dialogue talked about being super old. There mm -hmm. are there's an entire generation. I think this is marvelous that uh, because when you play video games, you click on the little save icon, which is a little floppy disk, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and they don't her, know what that means. They have no idea. It turns out that like most the past two generations have no idea what this illustration is. And they're just right. like, do you guys know what that is? That's like, is it a refrigerator? Like you're putting food in a refrigerator. I was like, this is amazing. Technology is so fucking old that we well, don't someone, even know some, what it is. Some, some dad pulled out a, 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 a floppy drive and showed it to the kids. Like, what? Did you 3D print the save icon? It's <laughs> so good. I love this. I love right? this. And, like, and I think it's funny that they, because I used to think it was funny that they called those, because those were actually little hard disks. Like they weren't floppy disks. It was a floppy disk on the inside, but it was like the little, the little, the little square ones were hard disks because they're hard plastic and you couldn't bend right. them. They were floppy disks. They're floppy disks on the inside, right? Yes. But they were a hard shell floppy disk. You mean the three and a half inch? The three and a half inch, which is what the basic 
illustration is for save. Whereas like floppy disks themselves were fucking huge. And they were were five and a quarter. Yeah. And they were like, and it was an eight inch one too. And yeah, like the eight inch floppy disk was like a, a, an LP record only printed Mm -hmm. on like, like plastic, you know, and it was, and you could bend it. You go, that's why it was floppy. And, uh, and that I was just like, when I heard that, I was like, that's, it's so wild that within our my life, uh, technology is advancing so fast now that we don't even remember what, what started it. I have no idea. Well, it's what also it interesting. I heard this interesting thing that's happening with uh, kids going to college now, right? So most kids are in school and they're all, uh, a lot of them are using Chromebooks to do all their work. Sure. On, yeah. at, at my son uses the Chromebook. Right. So son. they're all Chromebook based and they're all doing their stuff on there, et cetera, et cetera. And then this is interesting about the Chromebook world is that it's all organized for them right. to do all their stuff. Yeah. And then they go to school and they're learning about computers. And these are kids that are eight, you know, 18 years old, right? 19 years old. And they have to learn yeah. what a file structure is. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they've awesome. never experienced folders and files and yeah. understand. Yeah. No, yeah. because it, they've never had it. Never they're had on to. Chromebooks all day. Right. Don't have to. They don't yeah, know what a C drive is or why you have a file right. system here or where you organize. Like, right. no this idea. Is, this is not to call kids stupid or the younger generations. No. Blah, blah, blah. Like, no. it's just like, this is this is They're how, how fast things move. Right. You know? know. Like, they, they, this is like, because when, when, between the, between the, well, like the ages, like, but when I first knew about personal computers, really, you know, stuff from like when I was 12 up to when I was 30, technology was more or less exactly the same. Like there are little bumps ahead. Like you'd be like, when did you start using a computer? I didn't really start using a computer until probably 1996, 97. That was me too. Yeah, that was me. And like, and, and anything before that was basically a Commodore 64. And that was true for about 20 years. Oh no, I didn't know how to use a computer at all. Yeah. You know, I had, I did I had a trash 80, a TRS 80, you know, when I was a kid. And there wasn't nope, that much of a jump between, you know. My first computer was a Sinclair ZX88 at 1K of RAM. <laughs> there you go, Sinclair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Dude, uh, like, my buddy had the Commodore, so I used to go to his house and we yeah. would program stuff together. But that, anyway, yeah. So like even computer classes now, I'm like so disappointed. They're like computer classes. They're teaching you how to do Google Docs. I'm like, that is not a computer class. Well, yeah, I mean, there's no reason for most people to know this stuff. This is all under the hood stuff. The only thing but I know... understand, but uh, you know, there's a lot. There's going to be a lot of jobs out there in the in our country where people are going to be programming. Sure, and well, we should train that... these kids to be excited about programming. Well, I mean, even when you're talking about programming, though, I mean, it's uh, like everything's going to be like you know, n- nodal programming and like this, like this. Yeah. That like it's going to be sticking, you know, uh, nodes together, not writing code anymore. Like there's very little reason to write code. You know, within the that's what it's going to be. Years, yeah, then, you know, and well, then like like there there will be coders well, then who teach do them the final. Yeah, yeah. But Instead like all the teaching all them how to well, do a freaking there's a there's a video Google game doc sheets. <clears throat> there's a great video game, uh, really brilliant video game that is essentially teaches people to code, teaches kids to code without even knowing it. I've I've tried it, and it's uh it's called Baba is You, and it's it's spectacular. It's like this very it's a very fun weird little sort of slide things around game. And each object has different rules, and each object. Sister is has that for her kids. Yeah, and it's really, really wild. And so, what it's you wild. how you can how you connect the the rule sets changes what happens on screen. I.e., it is programming. 
and uh and yeah door is you door is you yeah baba baba is you's name of the game and every single one of these every item has every like it'll say like door is uh door is win right and so that's an object that tells you door is win and if you can figure out how to create like a programming sentence out of these things it'll change what's happening on screen and so you can like you you can even like build it so it says like instead of saying baba is you you can have it be baba is game and suddenly you have control of the entire screen you know it's just fucking gold so like there's ways to teach people this stuff that doesn't make it super boring um but we're in this very like weird because google docs is like fucking you know no one's even gonna be using there's no reason to even use that anymore in a couple of years so don't teach them that like well that's just teach them something other than saying Google Docs is computers. That's like saying, you know. It is not computers. No. Google Docs is, and it happens to work right now for what we need to do today. Well, we people need to learn how to use Google Docs. I agree, but, or whatever, you know, yeah. but still. Anyway. All right. Let's keep going. Uh, so he murders <laughs> four people. He does. Uh, he murders But four you people. overlook that strangely. Yeah, <laughs> it's so beautiful. I'm going to beat you to death with a shovel, and I'm your hero. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no joke. It's really strange. I love it, man. Can now? Can you imagine this movie being remade today with like Joaquin Phoenix as him? It'd be incredible. Like they'd be you'd buy it too, man. Oh, it'd be oh. fantastic. You know, or like the one I like. I want Laura Dern to remake this movie and have her play that character. Like her, have his daughter play this character again. Like that would be. Oh, that would be fucking that'd be pretty interesting. You know, because uh, she she also she carried along like she she's too busy of, making uh, Jurassic Park remakes or yeah, whatever. Well. I will say the new she Jurassic was in Park. Big Little Lies. Like, okay. So good. Oh yeah, she's one of the best actors. Was she in Big Little Lies? She was. She was, that t- she was in. The, what was the one she did for HBO by Mike White? Uh, oh, you talking about the 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 the, the divorce lawyer one? What's yes, the... that was good too. We did that movie. We talked about that. We did that on the show. No. Marriage. What was it called? Uh, marriage. Marriage story. Marriage, marriage story. Marriage story. Yeah, not a very good movie. Very good. It was no. It was. Oh, it was fine. It's all right. It's all right. It's fine. Yeah, kind of, kind of flat. I love, I love everybody in it. I think they're all great actors. The movie didn't, the movie didn't land, but at least we get that good gif of, uh, of Darth Vader there. What's his name? Punching a wall and driving a hole in the wall, which will outlast that movie, I believe. That's what I think. Alan Alda. Alan no, Alda as no, Darth no, Vader not... in. <laughs> what was the Four Seasons? Did you did you ever see that they did speaking of SNL? They did a really hilarious show where they did undercover bosses. And <laughs> yeah, he, he, did you see that one? That's a good one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 Kylo Ren. Undercover, Kylo Ren as an undercover boss. It was funny. really. Oh, I gotta really, see that. Yeah, well, it's an SNL. I heard that Kylo Ren is actually kind of a cool guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good, Adam Driver, man, I love that dude. He's he is my. He's my new he's Al great. Pacino, man. I think he's he's like young Pacino right now. Have you seen his TED Talk? It's no. pretty interesting. No. He did a TED Talk? He did a TED Talk about what? acting and stuff. It's pretty oh, interesting. Great. Yeah, he's a, he's, he's a magnificent actor. Because great he actor. was a he was like a big like special forces guy. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that part. I would so, definitely watch that. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's great. Yeah. And he, and he's in a million things a year. He just just knocks it out all the time. Always going to be good. His voice is strange. He's a weird looking dude. He's a weird looking yeah. dude. It makes it interesting. Makes him an interesting guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, he's handsome. He's got a handsome quality, but he's but he's not traditional in any way. And, not uh, traditionally handsome. Yeah, I really I really love him. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Baba is you, Sokoban, for the for the with world altering ground. Or yes, thank you very much, uh, Sarn Rags. Someone out there loves Baba is you. Um, I, I I rarely get to talk about things like that on this show. Baba is you. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we're, he, I forgot how this happens specifically in uh, the show, but I think from the exercise of shooting the guys out, he ends up getting injured. Yep. Right. Yeah. yeah I never understood the, the severity of that injury. He took an arrow to the knee. That's what happened to him. Well, and he had arrow? to he, <laughs> took an arrow to the knee. He was probably no. in a, he, it was a probably pretty, but anyway, he, he ends up doing this tourniquet to try to stop the bleeding. Uh, but that's when it started to feel a little bit like uh, uh, moon to me, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So it's the surgery He's thing. Alone. Right. Yeah, he had to figure out how to how to operate on himself. It's very smart, though. Yeah, it was cool actually. Yeah, yeah. and he it's he really inserts clever. programs into the robots that l gives them their new set of instructions on how to heal him. Yeah. Right. So it's like you run. Uh, you, you run the uh, anesthesia, you assist, you do the surgery, and then he basically uh, sets up the. You work for the insurance company, and you right, you work for the insurance company. Know. Yeah, you run interference. Like, really? Lawyers. Did you need this procedure? <laughs> yeah. Can you write it off? Well, I would say get and, the procedure uh, and then was this was this a, was this a, a work uh, compensation? <laughs> Workman's oh, comp. Please, I'm in it such is, pain. I hurt myself killing my right my crewmates. <laughs> I hurt myself while murdering my crewmates. While so I don't know. If, I don't know if technically <laughs> I can call that work related. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. really, it is work. I mean, it is work related. It's just whether or not you have to. You <laughs> I know. Pay. And the copay really is extremely high on that. I'm just saying it's very big deal. Yep. that's the trouble he runs into and so yeah. you know he yep. didn't think that one out yep. but, the, but but that sequence was actually one of my favorite parts was like figuring out how to get this surgery thing done. oh it's great like, it's super cool yeah right like i think i think that's the like uh because this happens in brainstorm as well like where it's just like uh trumbull's spending a lot of time with like one actor uh, doing a really particular performance and then some of the other actors kind of slip off the plate a little bit but once mm -hmm. it gets focused down to like for in brainstorm, once it's like this is the Chris Walken show, then it's like mm -hmm. this is a really good movie. Like Walken right. is absolutely delivering. Everything's really weird, and it's and it's landing really really well. Um, right. And and this one like once you clear out all the chaff, you know, and you're just with Bruce Dern and the uh, and the actors playing the robots, then you have a great ensemble, you know. And uh, and by the time it gets to the surgery scene, like you're totally invested. Like uh, it's just like I. I care about everybody in this thing now, even though, uh, you know, when we started, it looked a little bit like, you know, we're, we're on the set of Zoom. <laughs> and now right. it's actually it did, working. But here's the thing. I was going to comment on it. it. Even though it's 70s, and I love that style, it didn't come across as like hokey um, dated. You know, there was yeah. something about it that was really like it, It's not timeless. like, it doesn't it look hackneyed. Yeah. To see. Right. yeah. It was really yeah. beautiful. And well, I don't the, know, the go karts honestly reminded me of the seventies. Yeah, right. yeah. And the font the thing, on the back of the go karts. I want to talk about the miniatures for a little bit before we, we keep going because sorry, a little uh, ADD here. But the miniature uh, that oh. ship, that ship. What I liked about that ship is that a lot of ships during that time they were greebled to hell. Yeah, right? right. It was just a bunch of random crap falling just, out of it. Just throwing model parts. Right. It's just like, <laughs> it right. And this one definitely had, you know, a lot of uh, you know, kit bashing that was going on. 
but it was a cohesive design. Yeah. You know what it, I mean? Right. You could tell the design of this thing and what it was. It was a long ship, right? It had specific parts to it that looked that, that looked continuous. It looked like an obvious thing. And then the, the domes at the end felt like, yeah, I get it. It made this, sense. It, it made totally sense. made sense. Yeah, and it looked cool. Yeah. Like, right? so, like, and, and the thing is that like part of it, deep part of looking cool is making sense. Like where you can sort right. of predict what this is on the inside. Like it gives you a, a good sensibility of not just what the cutout is, but what the usefulness right. is, you know? And uh, if you do that and make it stylish, then you have a really good design. And most designers don't do that. Like they spend time in the silhouette, make a cool silhouette, and then they just throw a bunch of shit on top of it. And that's what, that's the difference between like bad video gamey looking design and real good um, uh, architectural design. Right. Like, greeble the fuck out of it you get all you want <laughs> like, sure. but it's still gonna look it actually has to be cool yeah for sure for sure anyway so that was that was interesting uh what was going on uh with that thing uh with that with that 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 mantra i really i really liked it i'm no, I, I, I wonder where it is because i know if i cut close to it it's going to look a little janky but like you can tell the like they have some um there's some scale problems that are related to the budget. But, oh yeah, yeah. Like he's, but he's still shooting it right. Like he's still doing it absolutely. Like, like he's, yeah. like, he's, he's shooting it absolutely correctly, and he's shooting it the same way he shot 2001. It's just that 2001 had you know numerous millions of dollars more to make the movie, uh, right. and a lot more time to do it. So that's why 2001 still looks virtually pristine in terms of its miniature photography. There were a couple optical slips that I saw that, but uh, forgiving, but. You still yeah. saw some opacity errors. So I was like, "Oh, was yeah!" Like it, when the when the things are tumbling away through space, you see like that's right. Those yeah, blocks or cubes, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. like there's a, there's a good there's a couple of the middle one, yeah. Right. yeah, right. But however, like the 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 sequence nice. that I really think is stunning is the going through the rings gag, um, yeah. like when it's like this weird clouds of light. I was like, "This just looks fucking great." Like this would look well, great he's today. so good at that. Like he, well, he, he the optical he, printing I, stuff. Oh, he had, a, Such volume he had a and lot of design. Oh, he awesome. did a lot of stuff. Uh, uh, Trumbull did with uh, 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 fluid tanks. Like he did. Yeah. Like you really cool. knew how to get the most out of those types of things. Like yeah, yeah. And it's really. Real. Like, it just looks yeah. like it. Like the scale is perfect. The uh, sort of the uh, the danger is high. Like you really feel like this is super danger intense. Is yeah, it's really your really host. great. Danger is high. That's right. Welcome back. <laughs> danger is high. Danger is high, and so am I. Yeah, this uh, <laughs> like that, it, like he really grabs that like the dramatic emotional flavor that should be going on, as opposed to like you compare that to like the black hole, multi million, like twenty million dollars more, uh, and five years later from Disney, and they're doing exact same scene, and it stinks. Like you're just like this looks like trash. It looks like you've lit a bunch of you know bowling balls on fire, and you're dropping them on the camera. You know, here's Trumbull by like a, for like a buck sixty. Like Trumbull's making it work. You know, really, really amazing. I couldn't believe I could that sequence like that. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a shame that he was. I wonder what really what was his issue with Hollywood that made him. He's like the character in the movie, man. It was like he's not gonna play ball with these assholes. Yeah, it's exact. <laughs> it's it's a really good analogy. He doesn't go ahead and murder people for sure. Yeah, but listen, you I should listen that. to that podcast, Eric, that I did with him. I it's listened pretty... to it year when it came out, but right. I'm just trying to looking back at his life. I was like, he and you look at this movie, you're like, he was gifted. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, he didn't listen to anybody and say, you know what? Well, I mean, like the movie good. industry. He had some bad luck. I think he really had some bad luck, and and he had to, he had to deal with some people that he just didn't want to deal with. Yeah. Well, and I'm gonna. I, I think blaming Star Wars is actually a pretty good idea here because it changed what the audiences want. Like, you can't mm-hmm. make Silent Running or Brainstorm in Star Wars Smart. land. Yeah. Yeah. Like that doesn't right. that doesn't sell. And so the the producers, like, of course they're assholes. They're they're looking at what you're selling and going like, "Well, you you're not gonna sell this stuff to these dummies. Like, there's no there's no audience for this. You know. And it's yeah. a it's a reason. It's a you know it's an asshole argument, but they weren't exactly wrong. Yeah, that's what people were demanding at that time. You know, that fucking put up Blade Runner. Like, he learns that lesson right away. He does Blade Runner. It's like literally the most beautiful movie ever made visually. Uh, and and audiences are like, meh. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's unbelievable too. It's yeah. so hard to believe that, but they did. Yeah. And it's like, they his, rejected it, it. It's, it's his best work, like flat out gorgeous. And audiences are like, who cares? Too talky, too slow. Well, he just said he became obsessed with the high frame rate, and and yeah, that's yeah, not sure. altogether true. I mean, he did. Do you think in that? But I think that 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 he it's was a little also, bit of that. That's true. I think he I was think. assigned to do that. That was the thing that he was supposed to be doing. Yeah, they were looking for ways to make money, and that was right. One of them. Like this is a new yeah. way to just like you know today, like they're they're scrambling for ways for theaters to make money. And so they try all sorts of weird new shit. It's just like, you know, like the old school version of that is uh, what's his name who did all the shitty horror movies like the Tingler and stuff like that. Like they would just like trot out any gag. You oh, smell a vision and stuff. Television, basically. Yeah, exactly. And that never I stopped. wonder if they're still like, have you ever seen polyester? Have you seen polyester? Oh yeah. Classic. Of course. John Waters. Uh, uh, there is a scratch and sniff that goes with polyester. Yeah, that's movie. right. That's right. Yeah. I wonder if that's still around. Like, uh, that, I bet you pay a pretty penny for that these days. Yeah. yeah, polyester scratches that. Uh, but yes, but there, uh, Jesus uh, William Castle. You're absolutely right. That's the that's the guy. Uh, there, but but yeah. Do anyway, you, so just go ahead. Quickly, do you think the problem with Blade Runner is that with Blade Runner? You, we were talking about Blade Runner, and no no audience really picked up on it. Dan was saying, and they passed because they went to see Harrison Ford, who's this, you know, at that time, he's Star Wars. Right? Yeah, Star Wars. And handsome, and yeah. they were kind of fooled. Yeah, he like was that, taking a turn. The reason why it got greenlit in the first place is because Han Solo is on board, right? Yeah, that's right. Like, but, but then audiences go and like, oh, I just wanted to see him, like Raiders of the Lost yeah. Ark, handsome yeah. guy, you know. And it's just, and so the wrong audience was going too. That's how they were going works. to see. Yeah, 100%. yeah, I know. It's why stars it's, like trying to market through star names is just. Yeah, I, I can't. Know. I mean, like, this is the thing. I think that Star is actually, it's interesting that something I didn't see coming is that uh, it makes sense in retrospect is like stars now have value again to Netflix. Like, they, uh, Netflix's new ad was like, look at all these expensive stars we have, mm-hmm. and they're all making movies for us. And I was just like, the star system moved to streaming, and its name is Netflix. That's how they're going to make money now. Like that's how they're gonna well, sustain. Their they're role. struggling with a way to continue to make money. Honestly that's very true. speaking, that's why that's why they're fucking paying through the nose to get like Ryan Reynolds in their movies. You yeah, know, like, we need to we need the subscriber rate to stay steady, and uh, we're gonna start losing people after a while. Well, they they raised the prices again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
but they, the the thing is they've saturated the market, right? Mm -hmm. And yep. so the question is, okay, so if everyone has Netflix and they're all paying this much for Netflix, what's new, right? So then it's just retention. That's just, that's the only game in town now. That's it. Right. You know, and so like people, people will be like, well, I was going to quit Netflix, but I do want to see that rock movie. I'll stay on for one more month. And then they trick them into staying. You know, right. HBO, HBO is doing the same shtick. Right. You know? And it's all, it's all deflating in the way that I believe we have predicted before on this very show. Yes. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't mind, honestly. I just, it's just right now, unfortunately, is there's too much to watch. Yeah, exactly. Which means like having that much choice, you know, like this, these, these companies, you know, like they can't, there's, there's no one way to do this anymore. And people's standards are changing. Like, mm -hmm. and I think that, that they don't really know how to studios and, and big streaming companies don't really know how to react to that. Like Netflix is too big to move fast these days. And, right. Uh, you know, like, it'll, it'll, like if they, if they collapse, it's going to take a long time, but they're not going to be able to, it's like, there's a reason why the Titanic hits the iceberg is because they saw the iceberg way off. And they tried to turn, but the ship's too big. Yeah, and that, right. that's just how it goes. <laughs> like it's a pretty, pretty slow bit of business moving that much metal. Yeah. yeah. What is an aircraft carrier? Is somebody so like 27 miles to turn? Yeah, at least. Or seven or 17 miles to turn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with tankers. Tankers are even bigger now. So right. yeah. But like yeah. I think that's that's what you're facing. Because I think that right now you could actually get a movie like Silent Running made virtually instantly. Like because you could do silent running with virtual studio production, virtual production, right? That's a few people, yep. all virtual production. Same like thing. I'm not an VFX team of but... ten. Yep. Um, and, and they'll all do it directly in Unreal and render it with Unreal, and it look like a video. Yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah, for now, but yeah, like I mean, in 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 the in the future, that will be the way it goes. And it may, what's what's great is that it's nichey. Like this kind of thing definitely has an audience now. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, I do love uh, working with Unreal, and I do, but I don't. I don't think that the the rendering is all there until we go to full ray tracing. That's just me. Yeah, well, That's it's, just it's me. a while off. Like even the best of that. I mean, like they've done some pretty spectacular stuff with Unreal, but it's like it's a difference between good looking rocks and. Uh, I buy yeah well that's yeah. <laughs> another thing right it's like it's like oh we're very good at doing rocks so yeah. now there's just a ton of movies that have got a bunch of rocks of rocks <laughs> right that's true guys yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like yeah a lot of rocks in this yeah. in this short and everyone kind of looks like a meta human yep <laughs> it's gonna be a so, while we're gonna be in that hole for a while yeah all right it's when everything is you know it's like oh we'll just use that thing and then it'll be done so you would anyway. sound a little bit like doug trumbull right now i'm just gonna say like oh, yeah. you sound a little Here's bit like the, doug trumbull. the real stuff is the real well stuff. yes because you know what no one's challenging themselves they're just using the tools they're just using the tools yeah that's true right so doug is trying to challenge he was trying to create something new something different mm -hmm. and he was getting the most out of it and he did a really good job like the those robots was a fucking brilliant genius. idea genius like right? I don't know those robots overcome the uncanny valley instantaneously because they're actors. Like right. that's it. You got great mime actors and they convey the emotions beautifully and you have a movie. Right. And you design the technology that surrounds them to help them do that. As yeah. opposed to, I'll oh, get a robot plug-in. <laughs> right. 
and it's gonna look like every other fucking robot it was like it's the same thing like when zbrush came around and it was great and then everyone started designing the exact same exact monster same yes. thing they all look the Ugh. same they all look so the same. tiring yeah. every fucking monster looks the same now yep. no one's actually doing anything inventive and you're right like the 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 the, the robot from uh what's that a movie you were mentioning interstellar interstellar it was like yeah. okay a there plus. you go a plus best yeah. my favorite my personal favorite robot of all time he looks like a cyber truck yes exactly like that looks weird you're always like what the fuck is that thing and when no one someone asked him and no one said yes the you know those uh collapsible wooden rulers yeah like he's like yeah that's what i was doing you, i used to make those little walk around when i was a kid and so i just made one that, that was a robot i was like yes that's a good idea like that's why that's why i loved it you, you take you flex them around like this and you sort of talk through them yep. there you go that's a good little toy yep totally totally yeah it doesn't have to be overdone okay no. uh so he gets his surgery and then uh there's a series of perilous things that happen to him i forgot where we are yeah they have to go someone the... did someone pick up the plot where i was after the surgery what happens uh yeah they it's a survival stuff like they you know the crash through the rings of saturn and it, all this kind of you know, pseudo adventure material this is where it feels a little fluffy for me like, yeah you know, they lose like, one of the robots and it's they, very sad that's a great scene it is bad yeah, yeah i actually was scene. very upset yep and and yeah because like a robot gets his arm jammed can't get out they're going through the rings of saturn shit's flying at the ship and then he gets torn off into space and that's the first time that you're like oh poor robot and you don't right. even know how sad you're gonna get over that last robot <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 and uh also he had a really interesting spacesuit mm -hmm. bruce turned it remember oh, i love it with all the patches yep there was weird spacesuit so great mm -hmm. yep. which was kind of interesting as well because that allowed him to sort of be outside in some interesting way yeah um yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's a, like a bunch of cool stuff like that he like he basically he goes into reprogramming robots to take care of the forest you know it's like you guys one of gonna... them gets seriously damaged yep and he's sort of damaged. like yeah and he's like can barely function but he keeps it alive right and uh and so there's the tall robot and the really short cute little robot that are left right. and uh Louis? yeah huey huey is the first one to go and then dewey and louie are the other ones and then right. uh and then it's the movie slowly moves towards inevitable sadness of this is not working as well as he had hoped he, like he can't sustain the forest uh, and people are uh, the, he the the uh, uh, other another ship contacts him, right? And they're trying to uh, get it, and he's like, "Oh, they're going to figure out what I did," <laughs> right? And uh, and he's going to be in trouble, so he tries to evade them. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> anyway, but it's like his plan starts to go awry, right. and uh, and it's not uh, like towards the end of the film, it becomes clearer and clearer, like. He hasn't really worked this out. He is he's <laughs> he's acted in passion, and now he's sort of fucked, uh, and he's going to die. And Nick and, Cage would have been great. Yeah, him. right. And uh, and he's gonna he's gonna die and or die of loneliness uh, out in the middle of nowhere. And so uh, uh, it, when the the ending of the movie comes around, he is I, I have one fucked up injured robot. Like I'm in terrible shape, and uh, and like the ship is not going to be able to sustain us much longer so my job is to give the cute little robot uh the job of taking care of the forest and 
uh, and let him off in one of the domes uh, to fly away into space and be self-sustaining and protect the trees and animals. Right. As he and the uh, the broken down robot uh, hang out one last time, he sets off. He sets some bombs, and the Valley Floor Forge explodes into a lens flare. And that's the end of the movie. And little sad robot goes on and pours water on plants and takes care of the deers. And it's lovely. And Joan Baez is and Joan Baez la, is singing. La, 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 la. But it is like it is like it's corny as that as it is, I guess. But as corny it as works. it sounds, it works because the yeah, imagery is so bizarre and so well meant. You're like, this is a really great way to capture this. Like having this lonely little robot taking care of deer is weird and rabbits you know he's just like this is a really strange image and like having joan Baez saying it makes it weirder uh so it doesn't get lost in its own sort of like feel goodishness like the the movie like uh like the the corniest you can go ahead you could pardon you can get really preachy with this kind of thing because of the the message of the earth and preserving the earth and particularly at that time too sure you know it's like right around when earth day shoes and stuff oh I mean, yeah it's like the silent spring is not popular yeah. yeah exactly all that stuff and like so you, know, like you could get preachy but he wasn't strangely i mean you really yeah he's being honest he's being very honest like he's not being like i, I think that like there's a difference between being preachy and being um and being straightforward and if you're straightforward you can get away with saying very you know heartfelt emotional things uh, without being a dick about it, because the preachiness factor is when you really, when you don't believe your audience is as uh, enlightened as you, that's when you get preachy. Yes. And this this one just sort of lays things out. Here come the buffalo. Here comes the, here come the <laughs> buffalo exactly. And uh, and and when it just shows you this image, it's hard not to be touched by it, even though it's like like it's a it's an absolutely of the moment 1970s image. But it's uh, but it's really really terrific and and very very sweet and extremely strange, and I think that that wraps up Trumbull in a nutshell right there. You know, it's like this weird little because Trumbull as a personality, he's the first part of the film is his rage and that's Bruce Dern, but mm. the last part of the film is his heart and that's the little robot, like he's the weird mm. little tech person, you know, trying to make beautiful things work. I think he was, you know, I think he was, first of all, his dad was in the movies as well. I believe his dad worked on, uh, his dad worked on um, uh, uh, Wizard of Oz. Oh, wow. Didn't know that. Uh, I don't remember what extent, I was, but he was a pretty technical person. Uh, but I think Doug's, I think he told me that his mother died and his mother died because she was very sick, but she was also a Christian scientist. So they didn't go to the she doctor and she help. died. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Man. And so I think he, he's uh, definitely sounded like he was very angry about losing his mother that sure. way. Sure. Um, and so I think that's one of the reasons he got so into technology and doing right. the kind of things he does. Right. Right. So yeah. um, I think once his dad, his dad left the, the, the movie industry and ended up working for Lockheed, I believe. So he, he really kind of, you can tell that he he's at a very analytical, mechanical, problem-solving mind, but also mm -hmm. a very emotional one. Like, Absolutely. Really emotional. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And because I mean, those things are tied together. Like this is the, I, I love that. I mean, that's his daughter's part. name is Andromeda for God's sake. Yeah, dude. He's <laughs> in space. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. In space. Well, like I saw a little interview with him talking about uh, his work on tree of life and like 
how he and uh, Terrence Malick were actually very tight friends through most of their lives. And, uh, and they have the same, like, like Terrence Malick is a very spiritual filmmaker, you know, and, mm. and, uh, and, uh, and Trumbull, you know, comes off as a very technical filmmaker and you wouldn't think that these guys would hit it off, but the thing that they loved together was astronomy, uh, yeah. which wrapped up in one, one visual that both Malick's believe in belief in the, in something greater than uh, greater than us and uh and and trumbull's belief that even if there isn't something greater than us it's beautiful and uh and i think that that it really really like i i, I almost wish he could have made silent running later in his life um mm. uh after he had gone through the things that he went through and then ended up working with the people and like it's like if you had like terrence malick backing for um silent running then that would be a movie that people it wouldn't be a weird little cult movie like it is now uh and uh, i'm happy that it's a weird little cult movie i'm glad that people know what the hell we're talking about when we podcast about it mm-hmm. but it should be a more famous movie than it is because it's a very very affecting uh statement and it's something that doesn't get made like i was saying earlier like you could make a movie like this because it's niche and weird but not too many people are interested in what this is saying right mm-hmm. And uh, and so that would be difficult to do today, and to have a voice like that would be really a really good idea these days. I think. Oh. Yeah. Well put. Now I, I think you couldn't. I don't think anybody would be interested if it was done today. We That's don't like to face thing. this stuff the way that he faces it. Like, well, how yeah. do you how do you think of it? Like, there was when was when was Logan's Run made? Seventy five? Seventy seven. Because it was up against Star Wars, I think, for best no, seventy six. Seventy six. It was the year before Star Wars nominated for best visual effects. Because though that was that those are I mean, there were still movies like that that were coming out. Like there were Yeah, it's super too. weird, right? Like Logan's right. is a super weird movie. It's not necessarily yeah. the greatest movie. It's a cool movie and it's very strange. And like right the up premise, until, the premise was very strange at that time too. Yeah. It's wacko, right? And like what's really brilliant about like science fiction <laughs> wacko up till star i mean i you know i love the first star wars i love the second star wars even more but like the but science fiction itself hits a brick wall with star wars because it makes so much fucking money that nobody wants to hear about your dumb space movie about plants <laughs> yeah, right fuck off trumbull you know well it's a, which is funny the other one is, uh, i think is actually interesting because it it's it's you know uh, ironically is thx 1138 has a mm-hmm, lot yep. of this as yep. well right so that was that was that weird sci-fi stuff yeah. right so lucas was doing it with thx mm-hmm. and this was happening and, and thx Rollerball was funky like, yeah. and strange yeah. and then you're right and then ironically lucas made star wars and that was that's the, it's end. the absolute fucking end you know and like it did I'm, I'm all for it it changed my life for sure you know but it's just like even today even when you're making really weird movies today and there's plenty of good niche sci-fi that's being made today. Like you still have to nod towards it being an action movie, you know. Like Ex Machina, you know, it's an incredible movie. Why, it, why do you have to? What, you have to make it like an action movie. Well, I mean, like Ex Machina is like you know, Ex Machina has its sellable stuff. You know, it's like, don't worry, there's some naked ladies and uh, a woman runs around mm-hmm. killing people with swords. You know, like that's that's still in there. It still makes good ad copy. So you put it in and it's great. It's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with doing that. Um, but it's really rare to see something that's just raw, thoughtful, like it's science fiction, but it's, there's no, if you're coming for the explosions, it's not happening. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was really only happening 
in the uh, in the very late sixties through the early seventies, and then it's a desert. They have for 30 they years. still have things like Moon. Moon came out. Yeah, right? Moon's great. There's loads of. Great, I mean, I'm not complaining. I, there's lots of great stuff. I Devs on um, Hulu is great. Uh, also yeah. by uh, what's his name. And uh, yeah, there's 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 loads of fantastic work, and then of course, like you have things that people don't think of as science fiction, but are like uh, Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind, which is totally a sci-fi yeah. movie, and yes, is utterly beautiful. You know, yeah. right? So things slip in. I kind of liked, and I also liked Robot and Frank. That was Robot and Pink. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the, it's out there. It's weird. Oh, yeah, you like that movie. There's but, something. Well, I think it's because of the Alzheimer's. I sort of relate to it a little bit. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Here's a film I want to see with uh, Anthony Hopkins about that. Oh, the father. Oh, the father. Yeah. yeah. I have not got the courage to watch that one. I, I don't have scary. the time for that. Yeah. That's yeah. not. That's not gonna. That's not gonna do it for me right my, now. Uh, my my dad passed <laughs> away. My dad passed away from Alzheimer's, and I was like, "That's enough of a movie for me." <laughs> like, yep. I'm sure this is amazing. I'm gonna put this on the back burner for. Yeah, it. I'm afraid mm -hmm. to watch it. Yeah. But it does look like a great performance. Oh, I'm sure it's incredible. I'm sure. I mean, I love Hopkins. Hopkins is perfect. Um, but yeah, no, I think that like this, like you, you, I think you're going to see a lot, like what's weird, I think is that indie film, or real indie filmmaking, DIY filmmaking is actually headed way more in the silent oh. direction right now. Oh, I, I have a, I have, uh, okay. I want to get into the independent yeah, thing, uh, conversation, but for now I'd like to actually, uh, um, uh, take a break. I'm going to take a small break, but before sure. we do that, a couple things. We're gonna do an ad break. Um, what I want I do want to say is so those of you who were um, part of um, at the beginning, we mentioned that we have started a Discord. The Discord I'm very excited about. I'd love for anyone to join the Discord. If you are a subscriber to this podcast, we will put you into the subscriber area of the discord and you'll be able to contribute there i think that you know discord is a great place for us to continue the conversation also have recommendations on things so uh just going to take a two minute uh, i'm putting the the link to the discord here in the chat so if you guys want to check that out and see if you want to join the discord it would be great um and we'll, we'll take a two minute break and maybe you guys can join our discord while we're on the break and if you're not on discord that's all right think yep. about joining later but uh anyway that's what we'll be. So we'll be back in two minutes. And Eric and Dan will continue talking while I use the restroom. <laughs> and, um, All right. Um, Dan, how are you? I'm good. We've got a lot of uh, good stuff done. I uh, just uh, wrote to Discord myself, see if anybody is on board. Um, yeah, no, I've uh, I got this. I've been uh, working on this big project with a couple of friends of mine. Uh, the thing that um, this half animated, half live action. Uh, and it's sort of this giant multimedia experience that we're trying to put together. And uh, it is uh, starting to come together very nicely in a very bizarre way. So mm -hmm. I'm very excited about it. It's got um, all sorts of moving parts, but uh, uh, I think we got some unusual content coming out shortly. And I, I'm happy for you, dude. Yeah, it's fun. So yeah, I've just been busy with work and uh, writing. I've been writing furiously every nice. day. Nice. Uh, before work and that thing that I've been working, I just sent you a Slack. I see. Um, it's with him right now. Oh, nice. That's great. Yeah, people can't uh, see this, and I won't say the name out and out loud. But this is a this is a good name. That is a very good name. So I'm glad that that is with that it is with that person. Their yeah, project is no. uh, is in in good shape. 
Oh, let's see. But yeah, nerve wracking. But it's fine. I just keep going. But it's been a lot a hard slog. I'll be honest. Yeah. But it's all the nature of the business. Oh yeah. There is that. Yes. There we go. We got uh, we have Jason has joined us. Uh, hey Jason. Very excited. Jason, how are you? Thank you for joining us in uh, in uh, the Discord. The Discords. Who joined us? Uh, Jason is oh, in okay. Discords. Uh, awesome. Nice see you. Waddle waddle indeed. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm going to be keeping Discord uh, up to just chat while I'm working. So please, anybody who joins and you want instant opinions on anything, I will deliver them and probably at length as I'm I sure Jason is a subscriber of the podcast. Am I right? Uh, uh, yes, I believe so. I believe uh, that is true. So and, uh, yeah, so we so you just the... stay it on all day. It's kind of like I'm, Slack. Yeah, I'm at, uh, exactly. yeah, chat away with people and. Uh, uh yeah we, we've just we've just started it but uh like this is a uh a i've game. added him to the subscriber settings because awesome but yeah it's fair it's fair to say that like the way that i uh i don't know if it's true for you guys but the way that i talk about movies is the same way i think about movies and i think about movies as just as ver with just as much verbosity all day long as i do when i'm talking too long about them and so it's good to have an outlet like discord well i'll tell you this mm. this is really interesting um I was, you know, we were talking, it might've been last week where we said, maybe we should do a discord. And someone, someone said, yeah, do a discord. Oh, and I think Dave, Dave 3d guy is not here because it's his birthday. So, but I do want to shout out. Yeah. He actually, he, he suggested that we do a Trumbull um, tribute episode as well. So like, thank right. you. Dave, so 3D. shout out to happy Dave. Birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, uh -huh. Belated because you'll hear this later. Yep. He's probably yep. celebrating somewhere having caviar on and lobster somewhere. I believe that's exactly the case. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, it was interesting because I, I mentioned, hey, we should have a Discord. Uh, and then I saw, I told that to uh, Karen when I was, you know, uh, working and the kids were like, I can do it now. Like they were so excited that's, about a Discord. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's true. This is how fans communicate with each other. This is and 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 they they had all these ideas. And Brady wrote down like literally a pen and paper. Like yep. here are ideas of what you can do for your Discord, and they're all great ideas. <laughs> this is so, uh, it's an interesting platform. It's also the pl I also play Dungeons and Dragons on this. Uh, I've heard it's a good yeah, place to play Dungeons a, and Dragons. A, it's a pretty great way to do that as well. Right. Uh, so yes, uh, I, I'm into it. Uh, Thank myself. you, Brady, I, for all the ideas. This is very exciting. Yeah, and then Lily, Lily is going to set it all up with me, and mm -hmm. she did a really great job. I'm actually going to pay her because I think she she deserves because, because it's work. Because it's work, <laughs> and she's Absolutely. a moderator, so right. she should be doing that. So uh, very excited about that. Uh, but yeah, let people know about it, and so we'll put it up on our social channels, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera, for people to join. But if you're a subscriber, here's the deal: like we'll we'll put it. If you're a subscriber, you have your, we have your own little section. That's sort of you know that's one of the things that motivates people apparently on Discord to do certain things. So we'll have uh, a lot of that. But it's also a good place for you guys to just drop ideas and have discussions with us after the show or whatever. Yep. It's different. You know, it's a little bit more engaging than a tweet. Uh, yep. Although Twitter is great, but it's definitely a place that we can do. Yeah, you can ramble at length about whatever the hell you want to have a reaction to. We're here for yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead and uh, and and join us on on uh, on Discord. It, it'd be a lot of fun. Let's see. Uh, 
And if you, what we'll do is we'll put the Discord uh, link in our Twitter, so uh, it'll be there, and then you guys can just click on the Discord. Yeah, I'm going to do that right now. I'm just going to. How do you get the, the link? Is it a, just up in the browser, or do you have to actually go somewhere to get the code? It's well, I have to figure it all out. Lily's going to tell me. You know but what I mean? Pretty okay. much the I'll code hold. that's in the chat right now. The code that's in the chat right now is actually uh, a code that you can use right now. It'll be valid for the next seven days. I don't know how to get a permanent link that's always valid, but- Yeah, uh, well, once we have that, we'll we'll spread it out over the socials. And, right, uh, but the, the one that's in the it's in the chat right now is the permanent one, but we'll put it on our social network as well yeah. and figure that all out. And uh, if you really want to waste your day, like you can ask me about Return of the Jedi and I will type until I'm fired. Right. <laughs> there you yep. go, little suggestion for you. Yep, yep, yep. So it's cool. It's cool to see how that is. And that's obviously Discord now is really big with the kids. Let's just put it that way, right? That's like yeah. that is the and nobody book. is more popular with the kids than three fifty-year-old dudes talking movies. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I definitely sound let's bring the you know, when we sit here talking about jazz drives, it's kind of like reminds me of what's grandpa simpson's like well i used to wear an onion on my belt which was the fashion at the time yeah, exactly. <laughs> i used to have a jazz drive it's like it's like well, you would get stuck inside the computer you'd have to use a screwdriver to get it out that's right mm, click, 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 i love that when anyone gets older they automatically have a southern accent they all talk like yeah. colonel angus <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm just gonna be out here fixing the doing some special effects on the computers. Mm -hmm. Dan, why are you talking like that? Well, the uh, lemonade showed up on the porch, and I thought I would just do some visual effects. <laughs> <laughs> I would like a mint julep. <laughs> like a mint julep. I'll be wearing it like a white, yes, yeah, like a terrier. What's that? That that, that cotton, that, that really light cotton. What is that fabric? It's really it breathes really it's well. The fabric of our lives. Cotton. It's the fabric of our lives. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, seersucker is the word I was looking for. Seersucker oh, suits. oh, seersucker suits. Yes, yeah. I used to have a seersucker suit. Yeah, I loved it. Oh man, it's it's hard that's, to clean. But they're really nice. White and nice. white and blue, thin stripes. Right. Yeah, it's very right. very pleasant. Very pleasant. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's how we're going to be doing it. The uh, did, uh, visual effects I, old folks home. I did have a a, a sand colored uh, linen suit. Oh yeah, yeah. Linen. I had one of those. Yeah. A Brooks Brothers to show my '80s style. I had a seersucker suit. I worked at an ad agency in '88 at a summer internship on Madison Avenue in New York mm -hmm. City. And a seersucker suit with my loafers with no socks, Brooks Brothers loafers, and a bow tie from Liberty. You were a douchebag. Yeah, <laughs> identified as a douchebag. Yeah, that was douche. That was douche one oh one. Yeah, that is fret boy. I could teach a course on that. Did you have? Did you? Did you? Did you wear like tennis shorts and then a tennis sweater with a knot? Like you know, like no, didn't go that far. I didn't do that. Yeah, but you had to dress up for the agency, so I did it on the bone. Have you guys ever seen Anti Mame, the movie Anti Mame? Years ago. Years ago. Yes. Oh, I love that movie. It has been a That's while. funny. My mom's best friend, my brother calls her Auntie Mame. This is she's just like that. <laughs> That's she's a good movie. A lot of people miss the point of that movie, though. Go she's ahead. A, she's a woman. Her fourth husband passed and left her an enormous amount of money. And she's still around. But I remember the story in I don't know which husband it was. 
where he was he was older, very wealthy New Yorker, and he uh, um, he basically was getting surgery, and I remember people went to wait for him to get out of surgery. I think it was NYU Medical Center or you know someplace, and uh, she was getting fitted for a black dress just in case he didn't make it. <laughs> nice, really? <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's how to do it. They're like, where were you? She's like, I had to get fitted. I didn't know if she was going to make it or not. And then it would be impossible for me to find the right dress for the funeral. Yeah. <laughs> Got to be realistic about these things. Jesus. <laughs> you can't come up with material like that, dude. No. It's just genius. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the way she was. Mm -hmm. There is. <laughs> All right. Let's talk a little bit about Poor indie, husband, films, indie films today. Like what does indie films today mean? Indie oh. films today, yeah. Like I think mean that anything. No, I think I think that indie films today. You have it's to look at. There's going to be a new definition of indie films. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Because like indie films are actually returning to being real indie films. Like indie for the longest time since like the 90s has meant meant, meant like indie lower film. budget, lower budget, weird feeling kind of artsy like that's what like yeah, ever since, made uh, with a dv cam in yeah it was just like like a sex no no no, no. i actors. think like 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 literally just a the, just a, a, a like a ghost world was an indie film that's right? an indie or, film like, right these are, these are basically ghost world films. was it's a very it, good movie these are all good movies I'm it's great, but it's considered movies. an indie film the, here's the thing that's if indie. there's more if there's more than four four production uh, 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 companies' logos that come up before the film comes on. Yeah, that's it's a not, new film. Yeah, it's just like yeah, it's been <laughs> cobbled together from a distribution pipeline that's a little janky. Yes, okay, but like the like I mean the like indie film you know used to mean uh you know before before it was a real phrase was you were making this movie yourself and you were going theater by theater trying to get them to show it like right. that's actually independent like, yeah they really were and they would go into film festivals until right. someone bought it right right and so you and have you would like, go to sundance it would go to this it would right. go to that right and so right. you're like you're, you're trying you're trying desperately to just even just to get like one or two theaters to play your show then that's that's real indie and then post Soderbergh, who is one of my all-time favorites obviously um like it becomes more of a branding device for right. small shingle right exactly it's it's small shingle stuff that's owned like disney owns whatever like this tiny production distribution house so disney will actually buy your movie and put it out through this shingle and that's now called indie because it feels indie not because it actually is indie um mm -hmm. and and that's been true for you know 30 years now and uh and now things are changing back to actually being indie um because you number one, even on the even on the on the pricey end of indie you have people that are making movies and then trying to get them sold to streaming like they just wholesale make mm. a movie and then they're just trying to sell it right yep. um which is literally independent uh and some there's some very successful good success stories this way right yep. and uh and then even lower down than that is you have people that are making things like uh independently made stuff for uh, low-end streaming in YouTube that is wholesale paid for by the artists and they're just putting it up on a platform. And right. that stuff is actually hitting in the millions of views now. You know? Yeah. And and, and uh, nobody gives a shit that doesn't look that great. They are into it for the writing and the characters and the, and yes. the flavor of it. You know? 
and like that's that's where india, so india is even more indie than it really ha- ever has been and i uh, think it's going to get even more indie yes. and here's how i'm going <laughs> going with this i believe now i know i've been going on a, down the road of preaching about this web3 stuff for a mm-hmm. while but uh i believe that there are going to be people like a decentralized system right mm-hmm. that's is what i'm really sort of what i mean by web3 decentralization is going to allow people to find other ways of making content yes right, right. and yeah. ma- i don't want to use the word content sorry telling stories i just said a, i owe myself 25 cents i said two minutes ago and i hate myself i know no content so no content. and i have to start there's going to be other ways that people are going to find ways of telling stories or making movies that tell stories right. and they're going to do that in a very interesting way uh, and they're going to find completely other ways that are going to be a workaround of the entire Hollywood system in terms of funding and distribution. Absolutely. True. Yes. But here's the thing in order to get to that web three solution, you, they still have to go through these channels. I mean, I work for a company that makes NFTs and all sorts of stuff, and there's a lot of technology in the back. And that's where every in my comp the company I started working for, doing a lot of you know going into the Web three world. But there's still, yeah. you know, if it's not a studio trying to encourage a young filmmaker to use their platform, it's going to be somebody in the Web three world. There's still going to be that you know gatekeeper because it is you know it's not every filmmaker is going to know how to do that. Well, I think the the way to the way to defeat that is to is for filmmakers to stop thinking that like that. Like there, I mean, there's always going to be someone who's going to try and control your shit, right? And like, what you really need to do is say, like, I don't need to do that. I just, I am the gold mine. Like, I don't have to go work at a gold mine. I am the gold mine. No, right? I understand. But and, to get your stuff into that world, there's a lot of players right now building up. And sure. Know, oh, and it, it is. It is a world of unknown. I am not. It's the wild west. That. Absolutely. It's the wild west. But yeah. I tell you what is in the wild west is hollywood hollywood is established and stagnant oh yeah slow yeah and there are so you know there are so many middlemen that's all there is that it's impossible to get shit done yeah that's all there right and and basically the only things that are going to be really like made for theaters is star wars and jurassic park you know what i mean and that's it. Well, yeah, yeah, we've established that. Yeah. Who I mean, Boba Fett shows, Chris, two. <laughs> it's not necessary. I don't care if people like him or not. You yeah, don't but need to. What is the Boba thinking behind that? I don't understand that. <laughs> people, money. What's, I know, but it's like, but here's the thing. Okay, it's obvious it's money, but it's also, you know, if it's your product, I mean, these people are smart enough to make decisions or at least go up the food chain to be able to make those decisions. It's, you still have to say, if we overexpose ourselves, we're going to be having a crappy product. So they don't think like that, which I find odd. Well, this, this is the thing is that the, the studios are in the, in the bind of like, they, they only have two or three things they can play. They're like, okay. I mean, Disney, right? Disney's like, okay, we could either hit the star Wars button or the Avengers button. And that's where we get our cash and that's it. But the thing is, is the audience isn't besides people like us Mm -hmm. you don't hear a bunch of people saying i'm tired of the avengers 
I know. Well, the thing is, I'm not even against the Avengers. I'm not against anything. I'm not against I know. Star Wars. Like, what but I, no but, one's like, going enough with the Avengers. No, that's right, and that's but and that's fine because that is what a different. That's a different thing. Like that's a different thing. Like you don't right. like that. That's fucking covered, man. They'll make Star Wars out the wazoo for the next thirty years if they can. That's how they make money. It's not movie making. Like it isn't certainly isn't indie filmmaking. Like it's not storytelling. It's barely storytelling. Like it's right. a, it's a ride. It's great. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's totally action. it's totally fun. Like it's well, really well made and beautiful and you know exciting and it's great. It's a great it's a great theme park ride. Like it's great. I like going to Six Flags too. That's great. But if you're looking right. for real art and creativity and something new and something to say, you better start making some stuff because that's like fucking Marvel's never going to give that to you. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars doesn't have anything new. Hasn't had anything new to say for minimum thirty years. But uh, so just stop talking about those as movies. It's perfectly cool that they're successful. People love them. I love them. It's great. The thing that frustrates me is that I hear a lot of people that have these conversations, and I talk about like, hey, you know what? Yeah, I was upset with Star Wars because you know it's 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 fan service, right? Sure. There are people like, fuck you. I love that they served my fandom. Like then, okay, good. If you love it, you you will have no end of it. If you I love know. it, it's coming. It's fine. Like, like just keep giving me Chewbacca in the in the Millennium Falcon a million different ways. Yeah, exactly. It's I, like I'm like there are people that walk into a uh, into a, uh, a buffet restaurant and go like, oh, thank God they had the tub of cold hot dogs. I love cold hot dogs and water and they eat them forever. And that's it. And that's star Wars. And then the people enjoy it. They love it. There's nothing wrong with that. Enjoy what you enjoy, but it isn't movies. Let's just stop talking about them as movies. doesn't have anything to yeah. do with it. doesn't make any difference. Like yeah. when, when we talk about the stuff we want to see on this show, we're talking about compelling, interesting, experimental, dramatic, emotional art. And well, it, it, that doesn't come up when you're talking about the book of book. Well, it's funny. I like think about it. Okay. So, so what Star Wars is what 40 years old, right? Getting towards 50, 40 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 1977, go 40 years back from that. That's 1937. Yeah. Think about if you were rehashing a film from 1937. Yeah. If over in 1977, and over... they were just like, you know what really hits? City lights. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, the Wizard just, of Oz, you always yeah. see. Kind they, of, they actually, it's perfect because that's thirty nine, right? So, like uh, thirty nine. So yeah, like, it's like Wizard of Oz, and like we're, we're just going to three keep... or four Wizard of Oz movies a year for the next. Yeah. Years. What happens to this little <laughs> little guy in this? Oh, and then we'll have the backstory of the of the exactly. Tin Man, and we'll do this, and then the Cowardly Lion franchise that's ride, right. and the dude that hanged himself in the back off the fake tree that he's going to have a whole backstory. That's right. Great. Awesome. That's fantastic. Super, super excited for you, but yeah, I can't imagine like you know if you if it's like oh yes the uh, the Wizard of Ozaverse like once they ran out of the books like they didn't they, they didn't even make it like there's one other Wizard of there's a number of Wizard of Oz books they didn't even make more than one of them and no. they're like nah that's enough well they did they did they did okay they did try to franchise that in some way they made the oh, Wiz they did, they did uh, yeah they, there's the Wiz and there's the legit sequel called uh, uh, Return to Oz which is based on TikTok of Oz I think. Um, and that's a pretty good weird movie, and it was weird, so nobody liked it, and that was the end of that. Yeah, but they they don't have two Tin Man shows. Yeah, no, it's not. They should. 
it's, it's it can't be any worse like i mean the thing is like i don't th- like i said i like mandalorian i watched both seasons and i was like this is a good fun regular 50s television show like so it's a well I, I i see it like i honestly i i, I said it, it to me it feels like the a-team like, yeah it's the a-team okay. yeah another show that i enjoy hugely when i was know? a kid yeah i mean yeah, like like i like like i just watched just to show you how low my bar is i just watched all of reacher on amazon and reacher is like almost objectively fucking stupid like it's as dumb as it gets it's a, it's like it's like macho bullshit galore ncis level writing and because it's on amazon you get a little gore and a little nudity and i watched the whole thing because it's, it's hysterical i was like this is really fun i like this and it's bad but i enjoyed it i don't when I want to watch that, it's there. When I want to watch Apocalypse Now, I don't go, do I want to watch Reacher or Apocalypse Now? Like, those are two right. different things. <laughs> like, do you know not... what I've been watching? Is um, Animal Kingdom. I hear it's great. It is good. Mm-hmm. And uh, Baskets. Oh, yeah. Oh, Baskets yeah, yeah. is so good. Yeah. That dude. Louis Anderson. Great. God bless him. Yep. Oh, Fantastic. my God. Uh, I felt I was so sad when he passed. It was just yeah. like, oh, yeah, he's, my a, God. he's a legend, that guy. But yeah, I, 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 there was a great Louis Anderson joke that he told on some podcast, and it was funny because okay, so Baskets, the character he plays in Baskets is based on his real life mom. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. So he kind of plays that, although his mom apparently is a very, very kind person, but he's you know, he's acting as her as a little bit, you know, obviously a little bit different, but. He really, truly loves his mom, but his mom, he was telling a joke on a podcast where he's like, yeah, so, you know, I was with my mom and went to a restaurant and she goes to, you know, someone and says, excuse me, can we have a little bit more butter for the table? And the guy looks and goes, well, yes, but let's get you seated first. (laughs) (laughs) But let's get you seated first. That's right. Okay. <laughs> it's like that's such a typical louis anderson joke and it was oh, so he was amazing that guy. oh so and he was a kind person like if you listen to him on, on podcast he was such a generous generous person right he had abusive life like he had a mm-hmm. really hard life his dad was an yeah. abusive alcoholic and right. it was really tough but uh but zach galifianakis is a fascinating person in a lot yeah of he's great he's great yeah um, um, yeah did you see uh what's her name another uh comedian tiv tiv oh what's her name there's a documentary about her uh tig notaro tig yes did you see tig i no i haven't seen i i I think she's hysterical i think she's great okay so there's a documentary about her and it's because she had cancer right Mm -hmm. and so one of the things that really sort of exploded her thing is she got diagnosed with cancer and it was like this blowing news and then she had to perform oh god Mm. yeah and so she okay, went out there <laughs> and she went out and said, so I have cancer right. kind of. And then it was like, Oh, it's like, well, don't worry. You don't have, you don't have cancer. I have cancer. <laughs> and so she did this whole thing where she just like kind of let it all out on the stage and right. everyone went ape shit. Right. And there was a bunch of comedians that were there and, and they're like, Holy shit. I'm watching, you know, history in the making. Yep. It was really great. But anyway, it talks about all, she had a really tough, she, lots of tough stuff going on with sure. her. Um, but anyway, it reminded me of that because Zach Galifianakis is in part of it and it's close with her. But it's fascinating. Fascinating. But yeah. Like, I, 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 yeah, oh, go ahead. 
Well, the thing is, I, I've been thinking a lot. My my wife is really, really into comedians and understanding like sort of some of their backstories and and how they they work. And I think that it's very interesting, is because that being a comedian, uh, especially in doing stand up, is tough. No, oh, that's the, <laughs> the hardest job in the world, man. Dude, yeah, oh. it's yeah, you please. Yeah. But um, I was watching, and I, I said put it up on our on our on our on our Slack, but I could, I may put it up on our on our discord now that we have a discord cool. uh it was that 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 um it was robin williams and jonathan winters on carson oh yeah yeah i saw that it's great oh yeah man, well first man. of all it was for it was it was robin williams is being hyper and this was uh him promoting the fisher king by the way yes so that takes right. it right Jeez. uh so uh and i'm watching this and i'm like okay he's going he's going crazy right he's doing his robin williams things to the extreme but then when i really started paying attention i started realizing like oh he's being very very deliberate like he's giving carson what he wants mm -hmm. where he does like constantly interrupting himself with stories right but he's tying it together to absolutely every point that carson says right sculpting it Yep. sculpting it so it's like oh i'm gonna take my whole little bit about this yep. and we're gonna take it to the supreme court and do it all about this and it was like oh my god he's he's yeah, so that's what makes you a genius when you do that stuff he was a genius yeah. right and then and then you combine that with jonathan winters and those two guys really respected each other yeah because of the work they did on more Mini together yep. and winters is he was oh my god he was yep. so funny was so funny like there's a piece that he does in his carson thing where he literally just does the faces of different animals during mating seasons <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> and, and it's just like like what a cat looks like when they're horny and it's yeah, like right, oh right. my god he nailed it like it's like i didn't know that was an expression that i realized was true and he just proved me to, oh yeah that there is a face yeah <laughs> yeah those guys man yeah, yeah. that kind of like i don't know if there's anybody quite that powerful on the scene these days um, i don't know i mean right now the whole the whole scene now is to, to 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 is about you know shocking people a little bit more than mm -hmm. just doing stuff. anyway different times different times and that's fine that's all good i'm i'm excited i i am feeling i'm going back to my original thing i'm excited about what independent filmmaking is going to become yeah 100 i think this is the like we've been talking it up for a while but i, th I really think it's starting to arrive like something's going to happen yeah. yeah it's definitely coming down the pike you know i feel like and i don't know it, if it'll be called independent filmmaking there's going to be another name for it yeah there will yeah. be another name for it you're absolutely right eric yeah it will be I something agree. like not, i'm not saying web three but it would be like yeah it's a, because it's a whole different thing now it's yeah. gonna be a whole different thing you know and i think i think that that's the this is the key is like you know, uh, uh, you because the like you take with Mandalorian, you take Disney, et cetera, et cetera. Like the ecosystem that is being designed by these major companies is being designed with an audience in mind that wants exactly that thing, and they will eat it all day long. And there is no complaints about that. I also enjoy this stuff; it's totally fine. But it's becoming so sealed. Like there's the Star Wars bubble, and if you're out, you're out you know and like right you're, and if you if you're if you're outside of that you're still going to want stuff right and now you're actually when you're making things you're making stuff uh to interest and attract and talk and speak to people 
that are interested in new things, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, so like automatically you're uh, like, you're talking to a whole different audience. You're not trying to convince star Wars fans to like your weird little indie project. Like they are satisfied. They're in line. Just, at Ponderosa. Just, you know, they, can, they can just, they are in line. <laughs> In That's line it, at the Ponderosa. In line at Ponderosa. Wow, that is a good a way client. to put it. I love Happy as a Ponderosa. Yeah. yeah, no problem. Uh, no problem at all. We used to go to so that my 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 um my my track coach and cross country coach. He used to love Ponderosa mm-hmm. because we always used to eat a ton of food, and he would just like it's a fixed price. I know exactly yeah. what's going on. You guys can eat as much shit as you want. That's <laughs> <laughs> a big deal. It's like, yeah, you want to get a carb up? Let's let's do this. There's no Panderosa here in. No, that's a, that's more of an East Coast thing, right? Yeah, it's Midwest and East, East Coast. Yeah. I remember going to Panderosa with a guy named Dave, and we filled. You know, how you have trays. We just mm-hmm. filled it with salad instead of the plate like just, ah. and we just made a huge salad with ranch and we're eating that's off it. this tray and i remember yeah. the manager's like let's not do that again yeah <laughs> hey <laughs> that's like 16 dollars for the salad go eat the fucking bread please <laughs> the beginning of the line mm-hmm. but yeah that's i think that's the thing you don't have to worry about selling to those people anymore and i don't mean those people pejoratively as star wars nerds a little bit, but yeah, but like you get what I'm saying. Like it's well, it's a closed you can, system. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Here's the thing: is what I I think you're 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 going along the same lines. I'm going. Let those guys have their cake, yeah, or their cold hot dogs, yep. and instead of saying how do we reach more Star Wars people, saying forget about the Star Wars people. Let's okay. find the other the people that don't want Star Wars. That's right. That's right, and with their, right, and there are zillions. There's lots of niche audiences out yeah. there that want niche things, and let's let's give them those things. Absolutely, and yeah, also like those... what's what's really great about this, and I've talked about this before, is like those audiences are not, especially the younger ones, are not concerned with how expensive your shit looks. Like they don't they don't care at all. They don't care. Like they want, they want the, the story. They want the story. They want the writing. They want the characters. They want the like the nifty visuals. They want the thought. They want the feelings. Feel like there's a club behind it, or just like connected to it in a way that's like fandom, or just yeah, like there's, there's something no, about it. Like, well, I don't want to use the term fandom too much because fandom led to Marvel. Yeah, I know, but the people that you know, my daughter likes certain types of anime and things, and oh, yeah. she just sure. gets obsessed about it well, and I that think... kind of connection to the characters and the Absolutely. people. And, and being able to do like on Discord, I mean, like you're able to talk to these creators pretty directly now and like having these interactions, which I think, by the way, is is if you manage it right, really, really positive and good. Yeah. And uh, and and like because it's great to like, I think it's bad when you obsess about any any person or you think that you, like, you know, they don't have a relationship you're not having. But like right. it is great. I to used be able to, to obsess about Chris. Like, ugh. Yeah, but it worked out after therapy. It all worked out in the end. Yeah, and yeah, now yeah. we have a podcast. So that's nice. But like the but like. Uh, you can have a healthy relationship with your fans and being able to trade that love of what you, what you love together back and forth is now more immediate than ever. And you can really hear how they're responding to things. So I want to tie this back into, to actually, I think we can tie this back into Trumbull, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's, I think that in, in that world that we seem to be trying to idealize that would be, coming up in in that area doug trumbull could easily serve that and not basically yeah. have to be bitter about hollywood yeah. because he's like fuck it i'll do this my own what hollywood. he was looking for his right whole life, right right and the person i think that's trying to do that now he's he's I, he's 
is uh, uh, Neil Blankamp. I think Neil Blankamp is, I agree. It, I completely is in agree. a Trumbull yeah. situation right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. And he Absolutely. is trying to figure is out a way. Really? I, yeah. I, I was really, I mean, like, cause I would, you know, like I, I, I picked up on, I, I picked on some of his movies and all the stuff, which I, when I rewatched, I liked a lot more, but like the, the thing that really excited me was his new stuff where he was just like making, when he was making all the Oat studio stuff, I was like, yeah, this is fucking bananas. Like, this is really, really inventive. Like, let's try it out. Go after hardcore, be, be crazy well, in a way that's also like, so he's trying to see what the fans react to yeah exactly like which one do you like oh you like that one okay let's finish that one now. yeah let's do this <laughs> yeah i really i really admire that dude why do you why do you think he's that way though is there something he's doing that uh chris that he's gonna end up like that is he bitter i think that you know well first of all he did district nine right and district nine for all beautiful purposes was an independent film sure right yeah it was basically like Peter Jackson said, I'm going to champion this guy. Everyone hands off. Yeah. Let him do his thing and I'll cover the cost of if, if it goes over. So just let it happen. Right. And I think that's amazing to have that. And Peter Jackson championed that. Right. But that's what allowed that to happen. And it was a gamble because he did a really cool short. He did several cool little oh, yeah. shorts, yeah. but you don't really know if that's going to translate to a if it's going to work movie, right. movie, right? And he did. Four oh five, yeah, four oh five, the classic. Remember four oh five, the movie? Yeah, oh my god, ago. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, the only thing because uh, yeah, his uh, his uh, uh, South African short films were tremendous. I watched them right times, right? And uh, but like you know, Jackson saw the vision of what he was doing, backed it, and then he had the, the minor hit on his hands. You know, and I think that like I, more than a minor hit. I yeah, well, for for the scale, it was enormous. You know, right? And uh, and like it was, it was really, 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 really fresh. Um, and if something like I mean, it was so great if something like that happened today. But the right. window to do that in theatrical is almost zero. Right. So I think what happened when you look at movies like Elysium and Chappie and stuff like that is like, eh, I think the studios there was backs and back and forth yeah, there right and he tried to you know hold his ground and do his thing or maybe you know i don't know what's going on but i don't think it was a great experience for him right uh that he wanted to sort of uh, uh back off on right. or had to make compromises because of stuff i've seen i mean i mean aside like i've i i do remember seeing joe kaczynski right when he was doing tron it felt like he was managing Disney in oh, a lot distance. of ways. And I, and I mean this with absolute compliments to Joe. He's yeah. one of the great, um, how can I say, handlers of yeah. suits that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like he is astonishing at this. And like, if you're going to play in, play on the big ball field, man, like you have to learn to do that really, really because well. Considering Tron was his first fucking film fucking crazy that he was able to pull that off it's crazy the amount yeah. of like like just absolute garbage being poured down from above uh you know and trying to take basically take creative control away from him constantly. and they did were they yeah. doing that and ultimately yeah oh they did absolutely because he yeah. was not that's one of the reasons that's one of the reasons some of the big studios like first-time directors is they'll put someone who's like oh this is a guy who did some incredible thing on monster we're gonna make him do godzilla that really right. what they want is like no because you're first-time director we are going to help you 
Yeah, we're gonna really, make. We're just movie. gonna, and if it we're fails, gonna we're gonna pin it on you, and then I'm yeah. no one gets blind, no one gets fired. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. You know, Nailed and it. and so like this, oh. this is the like that he was able to hold it together and prove himself like uh, valuable to the company, and like he was willing to play ball. I mean, like right. Tron, you know, like Tron has its ups and downs as far as the movie. I mean, but it's actually come like people really love that movie now. Like like the young younger audiences and uh, younger generation actually really responded to the Tron uh, sequel. Um, mm. but the, uh, that he was able to get done what he wanted to get done, which is this unbelievably visualized world, you know, mm. this stunning looking crazy design. He was able to do the, the, the prettiness. <laughs> yeah. The thing, the thing he was really, really there to try to get that Brilliant. right. He absolutely held control and nailed it and it looks phenomenal, yeah. you know? And, yep. uh, and then he's, you know, since then he's, he's done his, you know, like Hollywood laps of like. Okay, now make a smaller drama and, and just proving himself and proving himself, you know, and now he's got I, the, the big top gun coming up. I, I gotta say, oh my God, that's been forever in yeah, the background. Yeah. Uh, I, I've got to say that I loved working and I've worked with several directors, but in terms of the direct visual feedback that yeah. he gives, yeah, he's great. it is and he's super an incredibly nice guy. Like super, oh yeah. Super nice guy. Yeah, he Absolutely tells you exactly fantastic. how he wants it to be and makes it and yeah. uh, while telling you you I love what you're doing, you know. Yeah. And that's a skill that's hard. You know who's actually really good at that too is uh Kevin Mack. Right. Right. Kevin Mack is fabulous at that. Yeah. You don't have Con. to be a giant douchebag to get what you want. <laughs> like, yeah. like you can actually be a good human being and still do it. And uh and to see that in action it's very rare, but it is true and it happens. Yeah. yeah. Joe's the sweetheart now. I, I love it. Now he did the uh, no, I, Top Gun, right? Yeah. He's doing Top Gun. Yep. And I think, it, well, the, here's the thing. You know what I think Joe has going for him is that uh, 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 Tom Cruise really likes him. Sure. Right. And I think like, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, oh, I remember, I remember very yeah. specifically when we were, we we're going to do Oblivion with it. And he's like, I got Tom Cruise to be on Oblivion. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and then, and then Joe looks at me and he goes, Tom Cruise has worked with every, all the biggest directors Stanley in the world. He's worked <laughs> with all of the biggest directors in the world. Spielberg. I, he is a gold yes. mine of information. If yes. he wants to work with me, I am yes. going say yes. to, yes. I'm say going yes. to, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think he did so much so that they got, they got along really well on, yep. on Oblivion. Well, I mean, like uh, I've, I've never worked with Cruz, but like I've heard everyone I've known, I've, I know a lot of people who worked with Cruz and they all say that he's this consummate professional incredibly dedicated film person well you know like, what he is he loves movies he loves movies yeah. he loves them loves he them, loves love, movies love. i yeah. could tell when i when i met him and i, I on on the we're doing the, his scan for his face and stuff like that and i was like like this guy just it's 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 it, it seems like when he's on set it's like someone's first day on set where they get excited every time that's incredible that's incredible you know what i mean i love that I love that. And he's like to him, that's his happy place. Yeah. And he's very professional. Yeah. No, the, uh, the, the, the guy really, I mean, like, you know, you can like people pick on him for whatever aspects of his personal life they want to jam on him for. But as a pro, I've heard nothing but incredible good stories about working with it. Yeah. Did you hear his rant about, uh, oh, COVID. Uh, his, I totally about COVID. agreed with him. And I was a hundred percent behind <laughs> I was him. Just like, yes, absolutely. What did he say? 
he yelled at folks on set. He yelled at people on set who are not obeying the rules. Yeah, not right? wearing masks and not wearing masks. This is before the vaccines or any of that stuff. And he was like, "You're gonna fuck it up for everyone." Yeah, like, like if I mean, you don't, we're we're doing this. We're trying to be professional, and you guys are being fuck it up for everyone. And it's like I'm fucking tired of you. It's like you know, get yeah. off. The, well, he like, makes, you know, he makes like, a really yeah. good point. And he says, it's "Just like there are so many people employed by this production, mm-hmm. like, and you are going to get them all fired because you're an idiot. Like, what what are you doing? Yeah, uh, stop he cares about, about the, just yourself." Right. Yeah, I was like, I, yeah. one could, I don't know when the term more. freedom got confused with selfishness, but that's a different yeah, idiot. Just <laughs> incredibly frustrating. Incredibly, these are these are just characters that people play when they talk about it. This shit online. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like, dude, like you don't have, you know, what you don't have the freedom to do stab someone to death. You know, you don't have the freedom right. to do that. There's plenty of freedoms you don't have, and by yeah. by 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 saying, okay, we don't have the freedom to kill each other. That actually makes your life a little easier and helps people right. out. Think about well, it, it was funny. It was funny because I was having a conversation with someone who's been, you know, been listening to a lot of conservative talking points. And I was talking about people, you know, unvaccinated people are the people who are most of the people that are in the hospital yes. right now. Right? right. And he was like, well, it's their choice. You know, and they make a choice. And I was like, yes. But don't get into a freaking car accident because the hospitals are full. Yeah, exactly. And 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 then that's you can't do that. And he was like, and it was like, whoa, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Like this is yeah, it, like, the vaccines aren't dangerous. about your choices. It's about the people around yeah. you and protecting those people right. too. Anyway, I don't want to get into that. Sorry, but like Sorry. I, I do. I <laughs> off on a on a mild but uh, but slightly less serious tangent. Uh, I was driving the other night and uh, I was up in the up in the hills and ra- radio was just shit. Like mm. I couldn't get any FM playing at all. So I put on a- hills? Yeah. And so I put on AM radio, right? And what uh, are you thinking? And it was and it was it was incredible because AM radio you can get almost anywhere. But what's really I I there was a it was something sort of mind expanding about this because when you listen to FM when it comes in, it's like crystal clear. Oh, it's like yeah, it's like listening to a, you know, a a perfect album, clear as day, right? AM radio never comes in any clearer than like it's it's super shitty all the time, right? And I started to list I don't know what weird conservative super Bible Belt show was playing, <laughs> right? But it's just like, but that's why with Jesus, etc., 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 and the uh the sound effect of him being so it sounded like it was on a wax cylinder, like. It was so strange sounding. And I was just like, this puts me, this makes me feel like the world is like the twilight zone. And it makes me like, it's the kind of thing that you, it's the kind of effect you lay onto a soundtrack so that it feels like the world is magical and weird. And I was just like, no wonder why these people believe this bullshit. Like, like the world that they're listening to all the time is Rod Serling. Like it's, it's it's absolutely a stylistic motif. It's just like, if you hear like three hours of just like and it's crackly, you're like you get mesmerized by it. And I was I listened for like a half an hour. I was it's like, funny. It's really, it's really funny. Jesus, Jesus said the same. I was about to say the same thing. So electric cars. I have an electric car. Electric cars can't even have AM because of the electromagnetic interference. <laughs> That's it, right? You are you're automatically leftist if you have an electric well, car, right? <laughs> so so what's interesting about that to be also interesting is that. I, I mean, you says like, it's probably been 
15 years, and I'm not even joking when I say this, since I've listened to the radio AM or FM. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's the same. Right? I don't. I don't, right? I don't listen to the radio. So I listen to a ton of audio. And even in my car, back even before I had an electric car, uh, I listen to uh, mostly podcasts or things on my phone, right? And it was, you know, Bluetooth thing to my car. Uh, so that was great. Honestly, I just have no need. And then my, my car now, like, literally has Spotify on the car. Oh, man. <laughs> See, like, I still listen to FM because I can't get enough Come On Eileen. And they play it every 10 minutes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> That's the only way I'm going to get as much Come On Eileen as I need. Is well, like I, can make a, I can just make a, a playlist for you on Spotify. Yeah, just on loop. I need that. And I need maybe, I don't know, uh, The Strokes. And, the Strokes. Uh, yeah, and then... Well, well that, that'll satisfy me after that i'll get to your podcasts yeah <laughs> yeah first it's, cat scratch it's, fever it's great uh, <laughs> i'm uh anyway this is this is the thing it's like yeah but you know what you know what people are listening to now what's that discord yeah that's right hell yeah discord right i love that they don't hit the save they don't they don't they don't know about floppy disks and everything else eventually that's all going to go away. Yep. Right. Yeah, no, reason not gonna, no reason for it. So yep. I um, agree. I agree. Anyway, I, I, I am, I was very, very sad when I found that, that, that Doug passed away. Um, yep. And I feel very uh, honored to have worked with him and know him and be able to share stories. Uh, I'm really happy to have seen, uh, this film, as well as Brainstorm, which, by the way, I I remember Brainstorm so much watching it as a kid. Oh yeah, I love that film. Yeah, wild, wild movie. Wild. I mean, I, honestly, I, I know it's not VR, but to yeah. me, it's it the is, same ballpark. Dude. It's a same weird. Kind of thinking, it right. feels VR-ish. Yeah, VR-ish. Yeah, like you, and then like it, it gets you thinking in really strange ways. Like it's a really, it's a real cyberpunk movie. That's one of the few truly cyberpunk movies because uh, cyberpunk has become sort of like a design style like these days when mm. like when cyberpunk was was really first happening it was punk and it was bizarre and it was it, it was shocking and uh and trumbull was on the forefront of that a really really crazy movie i loved it absolutely loved it yeah and it was the last movie that uh Walken played a lead character. He didn't really do lead characters after that because yeah, he, he was playing Christopher Walken. Yeah, exactly. He was just doing Walken after that point. Yeah, yeah. It was hard for him, yeah. uh, and I don't blame him. Uh, that was that was bad, shit went bad times. Yeah, bad times. But, and considering what happened on that movie, it's surprising how they recovered as much as they did. It's I can't believe the movie makes any sense. It's right, because that, yeah. she died like halfway through it or yeah, was something that they were like right? cobble it together so that it actually still functions was really a uh, really amazing work I mean, it's the work kind of work you don't want to have to do but it, the, they did they did as well as anyone has ever done for a film yeah but yeah no Trumbull is like it, it's i was just like just you know what re-watching like his filmography and just seeing samples of like just going through it i was just like this guy is so much a part of my artistic mind like yeah. all of the, all of the greatest imagery that has propelled me and what I do was literally designed by him. Absolutely. And it doesn't age. Yep. It's incredibly you know I mean? beautiful. If you yeah, look, we talked uh, about like, that earlier. I, I think um, 
uh, silent running, it really, there's parts of it that have not aged. Yeah. It's right. Just, it's just you go and early 70s or 70s are easy to make fun of in terms of stylistically, you know, as mm -hmm. dated. You know, right. look at rollerball. There's parts of it. You're like, whoa, I wouldn't wear that outfit. Yeah, but exactly. you never get that at all. And I know it's a small cast, but you don't get any hint of yeah, that. Yeah, it's good. It's absolutely of a piece. Yeah, it's absolutely one thing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think there is, you know, though, I don't know, like the thing to me, if I, if, if I go back and look at uh, 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 Close Encounters, right, and effects that were, that, that Trumbull was key to is mostly the spaceship stuff, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think he did the alien thing that was a little yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. but he did the spaceship stuff, right? Like that is a key example of the best use case of lens flares. Oh, it's beautiful. Like, it is the most beautiful like lens flares I have yeah, because ever it's not seen. For, it's not stylish. It's artistic. It's artistic. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's amazing. Yeah. And it works. Now, I know a lot of it has to do with the music as the lens flares mm -hmm. happen. So uh, I think Williams did the music. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. um, That's right. Kind of incredible. Score. So and so it totally works as you know uh, in, uh, it's a 50 50 thing there because the music really helped the visuals and oh, everything it's, all, else. it's but, all part of the thing but yeah it's all part of the thing but nonetheless like dude those spaceships were simple yeah and they were yeah, they executed were. beautifully yeah. Yeah. because of the way that trumbull treated it because yeah. they could have looked janky as fuck. Yeah, it could look, it could look <laughs> like shit. and instead it was inspiring beyond belief like there's yeah. still no movie like Close Encounters. Like, like the thing is, there's, there's, there's like I love Jaws. I'm a big Munich fan. I'm a big proponent, as you've heard before, of War of the Worlds, etc. Like that. I like I love all those movies, but Close Encounters is by far and away is Spielberg's masterpiece, and it's that's my least, favorite film of his. Oh, it's honestly. just yeah. astonishing. And part of it, and when I mean part, I mean like forty percent of it is Douglas Trumbull. Hmm. Right. Like, that's why this movie works the way it does. It's because you know what he he had to Doug Trimble had to convey an image of such awe mm -hmm. that made you understand why these people did what they did. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that's that is a great that point. Image. That is a great point. Because right? like that that movie, I, mean, I think we've said before, like the movie is symbolic of chasing your dreams, right? And and yeah. And uh, and so it's about becoming an artist at all costs is essentially the theme of the film. Like yeah. I and that's why he's a sculptor in the movie and he meets a bunch of artists who draw pictures of the mountain. Like he, it's about Spielberg's personal intense crazy love of filmmaking that everything right. else falls by the wayside. Even his family and everything is just like I'm driven, I'm driven, I'm driven. And the, he's making this movie as well as well as he can possibly make it, but he's still making it for an audience who does not agree with him. Like everyone in the audience is going like, I actually want to stay with my family and I'm not going to throw it away to go do something like this. And you have to show them something that would make them believe they would. Like for the duration of the movie, in order for the movie to work, you have to show them something so fucking mind-blowing. It's a great point, Chris, that you, that you go, I get it. I understand it. I don't. I don't understand if it's Spiel, if it's Spielberg talking about going to make movies. I would not personally leave my wife to do that. However, if it's this shit, <laughs> like oh my god, it's like going to another planet. 
you know, and that's what Trumbull brings to that. It's just incredible. Yeah, he he made something so awesome, and I and to me it was weird. It was it's it was just something that really kind of hit me, you know, because there's been a lot of death lately uh, going around, uh, and it's not all COVID related. It's not even COVID related in terms of death, but like you know, we're talking about Louis Anderson dying, yep. etc., and. We had uh, someone that was, you know, close to our family that died recently, and that kind of hit the kids really hard. Mm. So we're all all this, and then Doug Trumbull died, and I'm like, oh god, because he was one of those people that I met in it that I that I got to spend time with and work with and 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 do things that I'm like, he's he's a legend. So I'm I'm thankful for the time I spent with him, mm -hmm. right? So I'm thankful for. The opportunity that I'm thankful that his movies exist and that he did things like Close Encounters that are still awesome in so many ways. So um, I don't think I would be doing what I do if it wasn't for someone like him. I agree. Um, and um, I appreciate everything and 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 also like look at everything that he learned and did to be the person he is because that inspires you to want to do the same things. Yep, one hundred percent. So. I want to. I just want to add very quickly. Um, I know I can't say it to him. I always wanted to meet him so I could tell him. Um, but uh, me and uh, uh, Day Three D guy, when we were very young, we drove up to Housatonic to go to Berkshire Films to meet Douglas Trumbull, and uh, and we got there. And they, at this time, he was making ride films and stuff like this. And it's a company in a beautiful old mill on the side of a river. Beautiful mm -hmm. old building. And we showed up and uh, there was no one in the parking lot and there was no one there. And, um, and we were like, oh my God, we missed our opportunity to uh, meet Trumbull. So we broke in and we broke in and we uh, walked all the way all the way. We walked through the hallways. We rooted around through stuff. How the hell did you break into the place? <laughs> we, we climbed in through a window That's up awesome. on the roof. Uh, we, we broke into the place. We wandered all around the place and, uh, uh, and we saw the Back to the Future ride being built. Uh, and we, like, we didn't mess with anything. We didn't touch anything. Um, but uh, we were just blown away by all the stuff that we saw. And, uh, and uh, then we heard a car uh, squeal to a stop out in the driveway out the window. And um, we noticed that we had been walking around where there are security cameras everywhere and assumedly alarms. And we uh, ran out to the uh, to the uh, uh, foyer where the desk was, and pretended like we had just walked in. Uh, and uh, that's when Doug Trumbull walked in. Uh, Are you serious? Yeah, and uh, he was like, uh, "What's going on here?" And uh, we were like, "Oh, we we just uh, we heard about this place and we wanted to see if there's a tour." And he's like, "Yeah, there's uh, there's no tours. There's no tours." And it was just like, you know, that we just broke in <laughs> and uh, we're fucking around in your giant and uh, you're looking at us with the get the fuck out of here look. Uh, and, uh, and but he's like, you know, you know, if you want to take some, you know, like applications and come back and, you know, we talk about visual effects some other point. And uh, and, uh, and we got in our car and left and we, just, we were leaving. Dave was like, he holds up a highlighter that he stole from one of the desks. And he's like, we stole a highlighter from Doug Trumbull. And so I wanted to say to Doug Trumbull, I'm sorry, we stole your highlighter. <laughs> so funny. But thank wow. you for not having us arrested. 
that's what a kind man he was. He was so overwhelmed with our enthusiasm for special effects and visual Holy effects. Moly. Like he did not get us thrown in the who's gal like he should have. And I will ever be in his debt. Well, I'm not in jail. <laughs> wouldn't it be great if you, when you did your podcast with him, that you brought Dan on? I'm going to bring back Who's Your Life? You you like you your Remember this guy? He broke into your place. <laughs> it's true. I hope the statute of limitations passed on that. I figured it's fair, fair enough to say. It's probably I, a long time ago. <laughs> it was quite a while ago. It was quite a while ago. Uh, but uh, it was uh, it was lovely to briefly meet him, even though he was quite mad. Chase, <laughs> <laughs> that's what color was the highlighter. <laughs> that was uh, that was a yellow highlighter. From what I remember, yellow that highlighter. Yellow, that was a yellow highlighter. Yep. Yeah, pink highlighters didn't exist back then, right? Yeah, that's right. Oh, that dates it a little bit. Yeah, there you go. See. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, story, listen, yeah. guys, we're going to wrap it up. That's a great story to wrap up the uh, the our tribute to Doug Trumbull, how you broke into his studio. Uh, we're going to wrap it up there. But uh, please remember that obviously we do record all these podcasts on Twitch. For those of you who are listening to us on this, on the in the more passive sense of the podcast, uh, we uh, and on Twitch, it's an opportunity to be involved in the conversation, such as Jesus has been a fabulous part of. Oh yeah, this fantastic! Week. Love chat, chat was excellent. Uh, excellent to see you guys, Jason. And Jason's on there uh, as well, and obviously there's several other people. So it's a lot of fun having you guys on. Um, but please remember that to help support Martini Giant, uh, subscribing is uh, something that can really help us. And also check out our store on Threadless. Just go to martinigiant.com and check out everything. Out yeah, there. there's cool stuff like this, this this awesome shirt right here. But there's new stuff that's really really sick with a beautiful new design by Eric. Yep. Uh, and mine's uh, arriving next week, so I'm very excited about it. Stuff. Very excited about that. So um, but check it out. And then, of course, uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter and our, all our other social media platforms where Dan will post our Discord. And uh, if you want, if you don't have time to be part of the discussion during the Twitch, you can always be on our Discord. And uh, we'd always love to engage all of our people on Discord. So yeah, if you're all pissed off about something in political, then hop onto our Discord, and I promise you, I will engage you in some random bullshit about any movie you want to talk about. Uh, yes, yeah, mostly Return of the Jedi. That's, that's true. That's you do have to. That's the price you have to pay with me. But everything else is for game. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right, love it, love it so much, and this was great. And thank you uh, for doing this. It's very sad, but I'm happy we did this podcast. Yeah, this is a great one. Very and, happy. Uh, cheers to Mr. Trouble, who's uh, a great part of our lives and did incredible work and one of my favorite artists of the 20th century. Absolutely amazing. Stuff. For sure. For sure. All right, you guys ready? Good. Drink. Talk. <laughs>